to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... Uh, I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 414 of the podcast, and what do you have there, Amber? Amber has appeared. You made this last night? Oh, wow, and you can see in them, and there's little things in there. Oh, wow. For Jada? No. Oh, just for yourself? I really like these. Yeah, these are cute. Yeah, watch out that you don't show your chonies on Twitch, although that probably would help with the, the view count. Uh, uh, I, I've gone through a very personal uh, transformative change this year. Uh, I, I went to my wife around February or March and said, hey, uh, you know that I sometimes like to wear women's clothes, but I want to do it more. This is an important part of me that I feel like I've been hiding, but I want to dress as a woman more, and she <coughs> supported me on that. And then later, I realized that when I, that I was explaining it to people like, oh, I'm going to get dragged. I'm going to I'm going to drag myself up tonight. I'm going to get all dragged. But eventually I realized that it wasn't me as a man dressed in drag, but that I actually felt like a woman. That's when I realized that I was gender fluid and my wife supported it and my family supported it. And so uh, throughout this summer, I have been really glamming myself up for the show, for, for doing this podcast. And a lot of times you can see me in a brand new dress and my hair is all done up. And sometimes I'll do my nails and wear makeup and, and, and be a woman doing this podcast. What you see before you now is a man named Steve who is ready for summer to fucking end. Because <laughs> I am sick of the <coughs> fucking movies. This film has just put me over the edge. I am fucking done. I, I'm done. I am I, done. I, I need to get this out of the way while she's out of the room, but Jeannie really liked this movie, so I'm going to have to start speaking to lawyers. Do so you mean to tell me that Jeannie liked Disaster Movie and you didn't like I Think You Should Leave? This is a betrayal on levels that no one has ever seen. What is this, topsy-turvy land? So anyway, I'm in pajamas, and um, I'm in this old hurricane shirt, WWF shirt that De Destiny gave me. I, I might show my nipples. It's, it's very flowy. And uh, I've got a burger from Brahms that I will be eating throughout the podcast because um, this film has broke me, and I just don't give a shit anymore at this point. I, I, we've watched a lot of bad movies, but I've never wanted to punch a movie before. Yeah. I've never wanted... I've never seen a film that immediately... That, like, 20 minutes in, I thought, if I ever see the filmmakers, I'm going to mug them. Yes. I've never seen a film... Like, I've seen bad movies, but never one where it's like... 
I'm going to pistol whip everyone responsible for the making of this film. <laughs> so I, I never thought I'd be so excited for a summer to end. But there you go. So anyway, I've got a show. It's a bit of a short show. I've got a short shaft with a really good twist at the end. Yeah. Uh, I've got discussion of the movie possibly too much of a discussion and uh, <clears throat> I've got a lot for Bunny Versus but I know that you have a thing so I'm going to rip through all of the things that have gone on with me this week uh, so yeah let's just get to it then let's get to it Bunny yes this is our 12th and final week in, in our summer of bottoming an entire summer spent watching films listed in the IMDb Bottom 100. And let me just say that this summer can kiss my sweaty brown ass because it has been a summer of pain. Nothing but pain. And so to say goodbye to this summer of shitty movies, I'm going to, to, to go through the list of the 12 movies that we saw this summer and take a little bit of time to talk about our feelings regarding the movies we have seen. Just quick, some quick takes. A look back at our summer. Are you ready, Bunny? Yes. We will also be talking about uh, the numbers. Like, from, from number 50 down, most of those numbers have stayed the same. But when it comes to 50 and up, like 55, 67, 86, 99... A lot of those change rapidly, and there are uh, there's there's movies that aren't even on the list anymore. Yes, there's, there's one movie that isn't even on the list anymore. So anyway, let's go through the twelve movies we have seen this summer. The first movie that we saw was number one hundred, swept away. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. It's funny because out of all the movies that we saw. I would list like the top three worst ones as, yeah, the worst one, Disaster Movie. The second worst one, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. And then the third worst film would be number 100, Madonna Swept Away. Yeah. It's a really horrible movie, offensive movie. The thing that I hate the most about it was that it was written and directed by Guy Ritchie. I fucking love the gentleman. Yeah. What? Damn, that's a fun movie, Fletcher. You well, Fletcher. it's just the whole premise of that fucking movie. The whole premise that you will eventually be able to fall in love with a highly abusive man, most likely after the rape. Yeah. That... That's why I didn't go see that film with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Passages. Yes, I didn't see that movie because the whole thing creeped me out. They're like, oh, you're going to be in stasis for a thousand years, for like a hundred years. But, oh no, Chris Pratt accidentally woke up like ten years into the hundred year mission or whatever the fuck. So now he's basically doomed to die, but he's lonely. So he's going to wake up someone and be like, what? We both woke up at the same time? That's crazy. Let's be friends. I love you. And it's like, okay, that's creepy. 
Yeah. And just because it's Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence doesn't make it any better than Madonna and some Italian guy I don't know. Beppe. That's my yeah. dad's nickname. Uh, I, so that was number 100. It's not even on the list anymore. Oh my god, no. It deserves to be on the list. It is fucking It absolutely horrible. does. It absolutely does. The second movie we saw was number 92 on the list. It is gone. It is. It's now number ninety-six. It was ninety-two. Now it's ninety-six. Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li, a two thousand and nine movie starring a sex cult member. That was a great episode of the podcast because I got to talk at length about the sex cult. It wasn't a good episode because of the movie because they decided to make a a, a kung fu movie. And then try as hard as they could to not have any kung fu in it. The thing about the list in general, in the, the beginning half of the list, I mean, we started off with the Madonna movie, and the Madonna movie was fucking horrible. I hated everything about it. I was offended by it. Thought it was sending out a shit message to just humans in general about relations and what relationships should be like. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the next, like, three, four, maybe even five movies that were like, they weren't particularly bad. They were just really fucking boring. There's, like, nothing to yeah. even say about them because they were just meh. Yeah. I understand. I, I feel that. I feel that. And that starts with Street Fighter. It, yeah. It was meh. It wasn't as bad as Madonna, but yeah. it wasn't that good either. Yeah. Like, so the like third... this movie, it won't hurt you. Okay? Yeah. yeah. All it will do is... is it, it, it's like helium, except that helium is fun. You know, you breathe it in, yeah. you talk funny, but you're not damaged in any way by it. Yeah. Street Fighter is like that, except not fun. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and it, that will also go well with the third movie we saw, which was number 86. Now it's number 89. Dungeons and Dragons, a year 2000 movie starring... Jeremy Irons and very little else. Uh, yeah. Eh. Eh. It's, it, uh, yeah. It, it felt like a sci-fi original. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just it's just meh. It is there's nothing yeah. particularly wrong about it except that it's just intensely boring. It felt like a direct to DVD movie. Although I still get a look, I get a kick out of the the lead guy in that movie, and seeing like you can literally look at him and see every actor they wanted in the role besides him. I felt that he was a real big throwback. Like once I saw the star of Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, "Didn't you star in Catalina Caper?" <laughs> I'm pretty was sure like, that was you. I, I just looked at him and was like, oh, okay, Jason Bateman said no, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the fourth movie we saw 
Uh, it was number 84, now it's number 86. The Wicker Man. No, not the original. That one is good. We're talking a 2006 film starring Nicolas Cage and some bees. Oh, yes, and I always had a crush on Lily Sobieski. Always had a crush on her. She yeah. was also in this a lot. I like the, I like the original because a lot of that has to do with I am a devout Christian. What is this pagan rituals? You don't believe in Jesus, but this movie is just Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Yeah. It doesn't have the the like religious thing. The director was very very successful in removing everything that was good about the original movie in this remake. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people when they saw the movie Midsommar said, "Oh, so it's just The Wicker Man." And I it, no, it's first, not just The Wicker Man. That's fucking stupid. Yes, and, and and I agree with you, Bunny, but I will say that at Alton Towers theme park in England, there is a Wicker Man wooden roller coaster. And while you're riding in the roller coaster, you go through a giant wooden man on fire. You go through the Wicker Man. And then the line just is the line to go to the roller coaster. You're going through the woods and there are pagan like like stones with pagan images and runes carved into them and you hear noises in the woods. There are speakers hidden <coughs> that whisper things to you. And I I'm not saying that Midsommar is just the Wicker Man. I am saying, though, that you could easily get the Wicker Man roller coaster and turn it into a Midsommar roller coaster. Yeah. That was my big takeaway from the Wicker Man movie. Well, uh, they're, the same, they're the same genre. Uh, a <clears throat> genre, pretty much, of two movies. You yep. know? Yep. There are others if we wanted to look, but... That's it. You know, there are no other real similarities unless you want to be just really fucking basic about it. Yeah. Okay. So that was number the four. Societies, the two societies were very different from each other. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Number five on the list, the fifth movie we saw, uh, Spice World. A 1998 movie starring the Spice Girls. Yes. I mean, this is this movie is fine. This movie is fine. It's of yeah. its time. It's very British. It's very much for young fans of the Spice Girls. So, like, it's fine. I don't think it's outright bad. It's just not, not for me. Okay, so so, I'm I'm gonna give this one just a big meh, but I am going to take everything you've just said about it, and apply it just directly over to the next movie, because that's how I feel about the next one. Okay, number six is Breath. There you go. A 2007 film starring nobody and also John Voight, and as we now know. His goddaughter that he works into all of his shit. Poor yes. girl was also in Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. That's when we broke the story. 
that her entire uh, acting career is based on his uh, godfather, John Voight. So the so uh, so yeah, this movie. I feel like the Bratz movie was shit. I'd also oh, like it was, to think it was shit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. These oh. were all shit. Let's just let's just yeah start there shit. and and they work were, on forward. They were all shit. Yeah. Um, I would like to take this time to say that numerous times throughout this summer, there are movies that I wanted to do, but I decided to have people on Twitter vote on which movies we do instead of going with my gut instinct. So, so there are times when it's like, oh man. We're going to be doing an ooey bowl film. Shit, they're making us watch Bratz? <laughs> Fucking fine. Oh, man, if we do the Human Centipede 3, that's going to be pretty shit. Spice World? Fuck. So, <laughs> speaking of things other people voted on, number seven, Slender Man. Yes. Uh, 2008 film starring Julia Goldani Tellis, whom I love, but not in this. It was number 47 on the list. I'm not even sure what number it was, or even if it's still on the list. I, I don't know. But for this one, for this one, I really want to hunt down and punch the lighting guy. The way that I most of this movie, I flat out literally could not see. Yeah, this was a dark-ass movie. And if this they was a dark-ass movie. If they did not continually scream their names at each other, I wouldn't have known who was in the scene. Yeah, yeah. It, this movie is... chloroform? Because I saw it three times, and I couldn't tell you a thing about it. <coughs> Couldn't yeah. tell you a thing. At all. This is the roofie of movies. Yes. It, it, that's what it is. I, I don't fucking understand. Okay, number eight. Now, this one was fun. Num the eighth film we saw this summer, the 2000 film Battlefield Earth, starring John Travolta and uh, Forrest Whitaker's Lazy Eye. It was and still is number 20 on IMDb's bottom 100. And I am a big fan of this film only because the studio that made it ripped off the Church of Scientology. Which, which is, is something nice. I can get behind. When, when I had the idea to do a deep dive into the IMDb's bottom 100, I thought that we'd be watching all of these bad movies and having a fun time like The Room and Manos the Hands of Fate and uh, fucking Verdemic and that they'd all be fun, but most of these sucked, but Battlefield Earth was one of those ones that that's, was a fun suck. Yes. It's shit, but at least it's shit you can laugh at. Slender Man just makes me want to jump off of a building. Yes. But Battlefield Earth was fun. The ninth film we saw, Alone in the Dark, a 2005 Huey Bull film, sadly starring Christian Slater. 
was and still is number 19 on the list. Yes. Bunny, your thoughts? Uh, if you're a really big fan of Constantine, I would recommend keeping far away from this movie because <laughs> it'll make you it'll make you angry to the point of being psychotic. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. What was that, number nine? Okay. Number ten! Ah! Big believer of this film, the tenth film we saw this summer, Bredemic Shock and Terror, a 2010 film starring clothes hangers. It was and still is number six on the list of the 100 worst movies. Big fan of this film. Big fan. Unlike this week's movie, which was made by two fucking horrible douchebags, you can tell that the maker of Birdemic, like Ed Wood, like Tommy Wiseau, like, you tried. Your heart was in the right place. Fucking, I find this movie to be adorable. It was, like, and especially in talking in comparison to all the other movies that we've watched, Birdemic, Birdemic's biggest flaw is being completely amateurish in every aspect of the movie. And in light of the other movies, that is actually a very big compliment I am paying it. Yeah. There, there is, like, all of the pieces were together. They, they actually tried to find out how do we make a movie and they had all of the elements collected they had them all in place they had no idea how to put those pieces together at all at, at all. all so everything was everything was basically a bad first draft I would rather Where watch if a, a movie a second draft it probably would have been a better movie a third yeah. draft it might have been a watchable movie you know yeah I I would rather watch a movie made by one person for $500,000 and that one person thinks it's going to be a super successful movie. I'd rather watch that than watch a Battlefield Earth with an 80 with a $100 million budget and an entire studio of people who think it's going to be a big success. Yeah. You know? So yeah. in many ways, Birdemic is more of a success than say a Dungeons and Dragons or a Street Fighter. So 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 you prefer one person's delusion to a mass people a, a, a large group of persons mass hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of a massive group of people's mass hallucinations, the 11th movie we saw was Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, a 2004 film starring a surprising pitch hitter 
this summer. John Voight. Yes. Uh, number two worst movie of all time. It was number one for a few years until this week's movie knocked it out of the number one position. This week's film, Disaster Movie, a 2008 film that can rot in hell. Yes. I thought it was funny! You shut your mouth! I thought it was funny! I even snorted! Homophobic, transphobic crap, it was Edgelord the movie. It's like an entire movie made of Reddit comments. So, so just so you know what I'm having to deal with here. It was funny. (laughs) It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult episode, but... That has been our summer. Twelve weeks, twelve bad movies. Out of all of these movies, Bunny, which was your favorite? Which was my favorite? Yeah. Or your least favorite. Yeah, in what regard? I, I need this fleshed out a little for me. Like Okay, okay, like, okay. Out of all of these twelve movies, which one did you hate the least? Which one would I would I most likely watch again, possibly? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Disaster That's a good movie. One. That's a good one. I gotta say, uh, Burdenic or The Wicker Man for me. Those are ones that I would definitely see more than once. I don't know about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I- I'm just gonna crib off of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And I would also like to take this time to once again lay blame on whose fault it is that we did this entire summer of bad movies. And no, it wasn't my fault for coming up with the idea in the first place. It was Tim Curry's fault for stubbornly refusing to die. Yes, this is true. Because last summer, right before the the summer started, at Character actor Fred Willard died. So last summer, oh, the summer of 2020. Sure, we were all locked in our houses, but oh, Bunny and I were having a grand old time watching the the, the films of Fred Willard, laughing, having a blast. It was a whole bunch of fun. So this summer, I said, I've got a great idea. I've got a bad idea to watch bad movies, but hey, Tim Curry's not looking too good. Maybe he'll die right before the summer. Can you imagine a summer of Tim Curry movies? Holy shit! Yeah. That'd be fucking wonderful. But sadly, uh, Tim Curry is still alive, which is really depressing. Hopefully, he will stay alive until uh, April 2022. Yes. So hang in there, Tim. We're all counting on you. I'd like to take this time to say that one of the last things that Fred Willard ever did was an adorable skit in the greatest TV show of all time, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. He was a <laughs> organ. He was an organist in a wonderful skit. Bunny, I promise that whatever we do next summer, oh, we're going to make it fun. I was thinking maybe Universal Monsters, or maybe we can finally get to the fucking Fast and the Furious movies. But whatever we do next summer, I promise it's actually going to be fun and watchable. 
Okay. <laughs> so, next summer, we're going to make up for this summer. This <coughs> summer was punishment for the fun we had last summer. Yes. So, we're, we're doing this thing now where it's like, hey, fun, hey, bad, hey, fun, hey, bad. So, next summer, whatever it is we're going to do, it's going to be a blast. So, uh, so there you go. That's the wrap-up of this summer. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! I have the AMC A-List membership, and what that is, is I get three free movies a week for $19.95 a month. And so from December 2018 to March 2020, I managed to see 177 movies in 66 weeks, which is absolutely crazy. Then the pandemic happened. Oh, But now I'm back to watching movies. I'm watching two movies a week because Baby Steps. So let's talk movies with another Steve Stubbs of the Week! Dun, 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 dun. Oh, shit, we're on Steve Stubbs of the Week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're on Steve Stubbs of the Week. Oh, you didn't change the background? That's fine. That's fine. We'll wait. Hey, look at that. What a beautiful background. Oh, tickets falling from the sky. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, then this is all lost to you. But, oh, oh, trying to catch the ticket. Oh, I got a golden ticket. Grandpa Joe. Fucking swim, sleeping in, in your own piss. Uh... This week represents my ninth week back in movie theaters, and in that time I have seen 18 movies. And let me just take a second to talk about the uh, movie theaters and the Delta variant. Uh, things are bad right now uh, because the pandemic is not over. No. The pandemic is not over. It's still going strong. And the fucked up part is that so many Christians, so many right-wingers and Christians and evangelical Christians and fundamentalist Christians and Southern Baptists, all of these fucking religious people, what they're doing is they're saying, oh, I'm not going to take the, uh, the, the vaccine, and then they get the coronavirus, and then they get sick, so they have to go to the hospital, and they take up a hospital bed, and so now if, if you are vaccinated and you hurt yourself, oh no, I have developed, I have the flu, I have broken my arm, oh no, I am bleeding from every orifice, I better go to the hospital. Now they have to say, sorry, we have no room in the hospital because every room is taken up by all of these right-wing anti-vax idiots. So the ironic part, the Alanis Morissette part of the Delta variant is that all of these pro-life Christians aren't taking the vaccine and are taking up space in hospitals, thereby killing a shit ton of people who can't go to the hospital. Christians yes. are killing Americans right now. Just yes. come out and say it. That's basically what Alanis Morissette was singing about. It's like rain on your wedding day. And I think that there are a lot of places right now that are open that should be closed. I don't think that the Disney World should be open. I don't think that Disneyland should be open. There's a lot of places that I don't think should be open. And I do think that having movie theaters open is bad for every city in the world but my fucking city. Because yeah. nobody goes to the goddamn movies. Uh, 
let me think. Reminiscence in the Night House. Okay, I went to two movies this week, and there were a total of five other people in the theater with me for both movies. Yeah. So, I'm so goddamn safe going to the movies. If I lived in L.A., New York, Chicago, fucking, I don't know, Pacoima, fucking Phoenix, I wouldn't be going to the goddamn movies right now. Those movie theaters are going to be packed. In my theater, it's a miracle these theaters are open at all because every time I go to the movies, there's no one at the fucking theaters. I'm safe as shit going to the movies right now. Just want to say, I live in a very small Midwestern town. It's a miracle my theaters are still open. I am safe. I am safe. This is the safest I've ever been going to the movies. I was going to theaters that were empty before the pandemic, and they're even more empty now. So I'm very safe still going to the movies. I, I don't recommend it if you live in a big town. If you live in Good. Dallas, maybe don't go to the fucking movies, you know? Well, I'm glad you're safe. That's the important part. Yeah, yeah. As, no as far as as far as anything else, if they want to go to the movies and the other, I I really think that we should start a rumor that arsenic tastes just like chocolate. Yeah, yeah. And let's just have done with it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm fine with that. This week I saw the following two movies in theaters: The Night House. A horror thriller starring Rebecca Hall from Iron Man 3. And the Hugh Jackman film Reminiscence. Now, uh, every Steve Stubbs of the week, I pick one movie pick of the week. But before we do that, let's take a moment to discuss the movie not chosen as my movie pick of the week. Reminiscence starring Wolverine. Um, This movie isn't bad. This is a pretty good movie. I, it might even make it to my top ten favorite movies of the year. Uh, it's a dystopian, techno-noir mystery thriller. Yes. Set in the distant future. And the plot is fairly basic. Oh, I'm a guy with drinking problems and I'm troubled by my past. Then a woman walks into my offices. I fall in love with this woman, and then she disappears. She couldn't have just disappeared. Where did she go? I'm going to try and find her. Oh, no. I'm embroiled in a web of mystery. Now these gangsters are trying to kill me? I'm just trying to find this woman. You know where she is. Where is she? Like, it's basic standard. It's like 80% of every mystery movie you've ever seen. You know? But the difference is the setting. It's it's like 2079. The polar ice caps have melted. Most of the cities in America are fucking flooded. So now the only cities that are still cities are major cities with big skyscrapers like L.A., New York, fucking places like that. And so uh, this guy lives in New Orleans and life is horrible, and people now live only at nighttime because the sun during the daytime is so hot that it's unbearable. You can't live in the day anymore, so everyone lives at night because of climate change and the rising, the heat. So this guy lives at night, 
but there's one thing that people love and it's called reminiscence and they use technology to go into your brain you're put into this coma like trance and you go into this pod and this machine can take a digital map of your brain and pull out one memory which you get to relive in the tank it 100% feels like you're not just remembering it you can feel the air you can feel the ground if someone's with you and is hugging you you can feel their embrace and it's like a drug that people get addicted to yeah reliving these memories and it, it it's it's a fairly standard mystery but the setting is what makes it fucking wonderful there's not really any streets anymore it's it's mostly canals and uh there are some people who are rich and they live on small patches of the dry land that's still around but most of the poor people live in the gutters and their life is flooded and and it's really good it's it the setting is good the the plot is eh, but but the setting is great sometimes the movie does feel a little bit like some filmmaker said i can be a christopher nolan let me give it a shot but but that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah you know it's a pretty decent movie i thought it was a lot of fun if I w watch it again, it's not going to be because, oh, the script is so great, but just the setting is really the, a rich, interesting, futuristic, uh, you know, dystopian techno world that I want to learn more about. Well, it, it, see, it sounds to me like you're describing Blade Runner. It feels a bit Blade Runner-y. Yeah. You know, where... It feels a bit... It was a very simple detective story. Yeah. And, like, not even a particularly good one, because there weren't that many people to investigate on the planet anymore. Yeah. So, okay, so you're looking for androids instead of, I don't know, terrorists. But it's yeah. the same kind of simple story, but the world that is painted for Blade Runner is just intriguing on its own. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a decent film. And, and I liked it. And, and, I, and I might watch it again. It was alright. If I was making a top 10 list uh, for 2021, it would be like 10 or 9, you know. It wasn't an amazing film, but the setting was so great and it was done so well that, like, I'd watch it again. You know, it was all right. It was a pretty good movie. But the Steve Stubbs movie pick of the week is The Night House. Rebecca Hall. I fucking love this movie so much. Really? I fucking love this movie. But the previews, I saw the preview a couple of times, and the preview really misleads motherfuckers so hard. The preview makes it seem like an edge-of-your-seat horror thriller. The next level in horror movies. Uh, you'll pay for the entire seat, but you'll just need the edge. Yeah. And that's not what this fucking... That's not what this fucking movie is at all. Period. 
So I so but because the previews mislead you, a lot of people hate the Nighthouse. But I dare say it's not the movie's fault. It's the previews' fault for making you think you're going to see like the the next big horror movie film. But that is not what this film is. This film is a quiet, subtle, very slow-moving horror thriller that is really just about death and loss. It, it's really like I would I would call it like less of a horror film and more like a like a dramatic thriller. You know? But but it's a great movie. The star is Rebecca Hall. I love this woman. British actress. Uh, what most people know her for is as the romantic lead slash, hey, guess what? I'm actually a bad guy. Woman from Iron Man 3. Uh, Tony Stark slept with her in the beginning yes. of the movie in a flashback. And uh, she was good in that. What I know her from, and not a lot of people have seen this film, but it's a movie called Christine. And it's the true story of newscaster Christine Chubbuck, who in the 1970s shot herself in the mouth live on the news. Nice, it happened in like, I think. It happened in like 1976 or maybe 1978. She was super depressed. She dealt with depression and loss and loneliness. And so one day she just showed up on air and was reading the news. And then eventually she just pulled out her own paper and said, in accordance with... Channel 12's, uh, um, 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 in, in accordance with Channel 12's burning desire for blood and guts and horror, uh, this channel is proud to bring you a network first, the first live on-air suicide, and she pulls out a gun and blows her brains out live on the news. This actually happened. And it, you can find footage. There's footage, I think, on archive.org uh, for educational purposes. But yeah. she fucking killed herself. And they made a movie, and it stars Rebecca Hall. And hardly anyone went to go <coughs> see this movie. But oh my god, this woman can <coughs> She's an amazing actress, and I love her in this. It, the plot of The Night House is basically this woman, and she's been married to this guy for like 13 years, and they have a house together, and everything's fine. He's an architect, and she's a teacher, and they live a nice life in a house right by a lake, and everything's fine. And one day, her husband just up and kills himself. He has a gun that she didn't even know about and blows his brains out on a boat on the lake. And as the movie opens, she is coming home from the funeral, and like the first 15 minutes, there's like no dialogue. It's just yeah. her alone, drinking, and going through his shit. And that's at the point where people who saw the previews and were expecting a, a white-knuckle horror thriller get fucking disappointed. And it's at that point where I go, 
I have no fucking idea what's happening, but I'm really excited. So it's a really good movie. It's also one of those movies where you can either take what the film is trying to lead you towards, which is, oh no, she's battling the supernatural element. What, what a great horror supernatural thriller. Or she's just really depressed and she's going through some shit and going kind of crazy. And all of this is just in her fucking head. Which is how I take it. I don't think this is a horror movie at all. I just think we're watching a really depressed person dealing with loss and she's yeah. going kind of fucking crazy. So I I really loved this film. It was a great movie. Rebecca Hall carries it. There's only like five people in the whole goddamn movie, and one of them's dead. But oh, oh I fucking love this film. It was amazing. I want to see it again, but it's already left the theaters here in my small ass town. But I fucking love this movie. When it comes out as a film to download, I'm gonna download the shit out of it. I absolutely love this film. It's like one of my top five favorite movies of the year right now. It doesn't really? beat Barb and Star. Nothing beat Barb and Star. But it's like it's like close up there. It, I love this film yeah. so much. Fucking amazing film, and I love it. And it can be a horror movie where she's battling these forces. Or it could just be her fucking husband died. She's going a bit crazy. Yeah. I love it. Wonderful film. I can understand if you hate it, because it's not really a horror movie. But that's why I love it. Okay, see now, Can't that's recommend kind it of... More. That's kind of what I was really liking about Heredity. Yeah. But then it just turned into a horror movie, and I, I yeah. felt really yep. disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, there's a turn. There's a turn in that film. But this film, up until the end, you can still be like, up until the credits roll, you can be like, there's a possibility this isn't a horror film. Yeah. So that's what I like about it. Even up to the end, to the last line, you're like, if you look at this a certain way, there's nothing horrific about this film. It's just a woman dealing with loss, and that's what I like about yeah. it. There's, you can see it different ways. It's open to interpretation, and I like that, especially in a horror film. Really loved this film. There's nothing scary about it, um, but, oh, incredible film. Incredible film. Really fucking loved it. So that's my movie pick of the week, The Night House. Be sure and look for it in, in, in theaters. I, I, it, it came and went pretty quickly, but uh, when it's available as a download, you should absolutely download it. Love this film. Rebecca Hall is amazing. And that's it for Steve Stubbs this week. I already have my tickets for next week. What am I seeing next week? Uh, uh, next week, I'm seeing Candyman, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. And what else? Oh, The Protégé. Okay. That might be fine. There's a lot of movies coming out right now where it's like John Wick, but blank. Yeah. And sometimes it works like John Wick, but it's like 50-year-old Bob Odenkirk. Okay, that works. This one seems to be John Wick, but it's an Asian woman in Samuel L. Jackson. So it's like, okay, 
This might be good. It might be bad. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So that's next week. Be sure and join us next week for more up-to-date movie reviews with Steve Stubbs of the Week. And cut on that. Funny! Yes! We still have an entire podcast to get through. We've got Bunny Versus, and you've got a game. I've got a bunch of things to talk about, like school, and um, I have an idea for a movie, and uh, uh, my possible partnership with a medicinal marijuana company, and then you've got a game. And then we've got a shaft that's really short, but it's really good. And there's a twist at the end, which I'm really excited about. And then eventually we have to talk about the worst movie of all time. So we've got a big show. Uh, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We... We, we should take a break. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I think that is for the best. We will be right Back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 old tonight show theme. Do 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 skiddy papa doo wow and break. On the afternoon of March 10th, 2016, an undetermined number of people, oftentimes fluctuating between 2 and 4.5 individuals, were recording a podcast on the internet. Three of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Bunny Williams, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming church organist. Bunny said he had the number one podcast in hell. The man babbled a mad tale, a vaguely Mexican family in the isolated state of Oklahoma, a film podcast that's only indirectly about films, a filthy podcast that somehow prominently featured young children, then Bunny fell into catatonia. Colorado lawmen mounted a five-minute manhunt but could not locate the macabre podcast. No facts, no information, no iTunes account. Officially, on the records, the Pope on film never existed. But over the years, reports of a bizarre grisly podcast have persisted all across the internet. The Pope on film has not stopped. It haunts your Facebook feed. It frightens Twitter. It vaguely jump scares Stitcher. The Pope on film seems to have no end. Just enough to want to see Uncle Henry in the 
for his heart's desires again. I was in college at uh, Arizona State University, which really is as bad as pop culture has led you to believe. Yeah. And I, I went into a class and I, that I just randomly picked, and it was like a, a American history in the 20th century, and it was just some random class I picked. And I walk into class, and it was so weird because my brother is four years older than me. So we were hardly ever in class together. We were hardly ever in the same school together. It was just the period in time where we never saw each other. But I walk into class and the first person I see is my brother. And we had not talked about this. We just accidentally happened to take the same class together. Yeah. And I walk into class, my brother's there and he's like, holy shit. And I'm like, holy shit. And we took this class, and apparently it was the teacher's first time ever teaching a class ever. Yeah. And he had a hard time with the class, and what he kept saying over and over again is, look, we're going to learn a lot of things. We're going to learn a lot about American history, and you're, I know what you're going to do. You're going to take this class, and you're going to do good, but then you're going to forget everything I said. You're going to forget everything I ever taught you. But if you remember one thing, remember this. It's going to be on every test. It's going to be the most important thing. I'm giving you the answer right now for one question on every test you take in this class. But just remember, the most important thing you can remember is that Albert B. Fall was the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration. <laughs> the infamous teapot dome scandal. And, and my brother and I looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to have to memorize this. Because apparently <laughs> This is the most important thing ever. And it gets it, it. And that was like in 90. That was like in the year 2000. That was like 16 years ago. Yeah. And he's been like a mirroring 40. And I'm living in Oklahoma. And I have a wife. And I have kids. And I have this managerial job. And every once in a while, I'll do story time. And I'll go, kids. Kids. We're going to read a story. It's a Dr. Seuss story. You're going to love it. But first we get to that, I want to talk about a character that you all love. No, I'm not talking about Spongebob. I'm talking about Albert B. Fall. You know who that is, kid? You don't? Well, he's only the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration who is responsible for the infamous Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> I keep saying this one fucking no one has any fucking idea what it means except maybe Professor Sam Schmeeding and my brother. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve, and today we're going to be writing songs for people, random people, at the Home Depot. Hope you like it. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Uh. I'm showing off in a red shirt. I'm showing off in a red shirt. Check me out, I am really awesome and I'm showing off in a red shirt. 
Later getting something from the trunk. No way does she have her stuff. Did she drop something? No, she's picking up trash. Picking up trash that's on the street. Picking up trash, trash lady. I want to do you all night long. I am normal, I am normal, conform, conform, I am normal, check out my shirt. I love khaki shorts, and I'm secretly in love with my best friend, and my khaki shorts. Getting in the van, getting in the van, driving away, driving away, driving away in my van. But I'd like for you to pull my red a lot on this that I haven't actually gotten to make a full backing track for. It's called Insect Cities. And it's about uh, someone taking their clothes off at a park and then peeling off their skin. Cool. <coughs> anyway, okay, you guys are the redhead zombie crowd. You can, you can handle that. Oh yeah. Or some of you are. Some of you may not be. I can't see. You took off your clothes in the middle of the grass and like the fingers of the sun, the light held you in its grasp. You love the wind, you mumbled on a park bench. Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, you mumbled like a godsend. The peeling backwards of your skin and the slow open of your ribs made the sound of soft wings and crumpled shirt sleeves. Time caps a letter held in between and dropped from hands that now know things, all now slip from memory. Scattered in the weeds grown around the family tree where the tendency runs and almost gallops, your words crashing endlessly into a cluttered pipe dream where you took off your clothes because they had become unclean. All this preconceived blood on your sleeve and there are needles in your fever dreams. There are fables in these secret things. Cry wolf and howl screams, be strings as beauty sleeps. Petals fall as anthills dream. Insect cities just out of reach. Put some clothes on, let's be friends. <laughs> Scared? Are you scared? I'm, I'm really, really scared. Scared. Since 1927, the American Optics Eyeglass Corporation has had one central goal: to provide top-class, high-quality eyewear. The hot-ass chicks. Whether it's Anne Hathaway from the Princess Diaries, Rachel Lee Cook and She's All That, or Mothra and Destroy All Monsters, the American Optics Eyeglass Corporation is there to further a sexist film trope for cash. Do you know the 1957 Humphrey Bogart classic film The Big Sleep? In that film, Lauren Bacall is a nerdish bookworm with glasses. And who made those glasses? We did. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation. You're not attractive, you wear glasses. Filthy capitalistic dogs. Fifa la revolution.
on the afternoon of March 10th, 2016, an undetermined number of people, oftentimes fluctuating between 2 and 4.5 individuals, were recording a podcast on the internet. Three of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Bunny Williams, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming church organist. Bunny said he had the number one podcast in hell. The man babbled a mad tale, a vaguely Mexican family in the isolated state of Oklahoma, a film podcast that's only indirectly about films, a filthy podcast that somehow prominently featured young children. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Bunny. Yes. That's my serious voice. Are you ready for another exciting, pulse-pounding, heart-stomping installment of Bunny Versus starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you revved up and ready to go? Are you ready to do it? To do it to it? Are you ready, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, we could do this. So without further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Well, these these earlier breaks are harder to, to remember when to get back to. You know, later yeah. breaks, first off, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like five minutes shorter. And then yeah. in later breaks, then I would, like, Slim Whitman would be like the last thing. Zamfir would be the last thing. Something like that. Peter Lemongello. Yeah. So when I'm sitting in the next yeah. room having a cigarette... And I see Peter Lemongello come up. It's like, okay, I got to get back, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, in these earlier ones that I did, I don't have that same trigger. Yeah, it, that makes sense. So how are you doing, sir? Uh, I have a lot to talk about, but I know, Bunny, that you came up with a game, so I'm just going to rip through everything that's going on with me. Or do you want to uh, do, was... do, do that first? Do you want to jump straight to uh, the game and then... Uh, let, let me talk about my shit, because I got a bunch of my shit. Number one, Ed Asner just died. Yes. This is breaking on Twitter two hours ago. He died at age 91. He died at age... Holy shit, he was still alive? Yeah. Which with a lot of people die at that age. Oh, this person died at age... Shit, he was still alive. Fuck. It was the age that Ed Asner died. So, uh, our condolences. Thoughts and prayers, whatever we're supposed to say. Uh, number two, this was Maxwell's first week of virtual school. Uh, so, he, he is officially in school now. Virtual school. Uh, he did a full week of work. He's doing about three... To three and a half hours sometimes he, he's doing about three to four hours of work every day Monday through Friday of non-stop work no yeah. uh, well he's doing like he's doing like two hours 
and then he gets an hour break where he has lunch and can watch things on YouTube, play whatever he wants. And then he goes back, and usually we do an hour or two when we come back. So he's doing school. It is really weird for him to do virtual school where it's just him and I and not yeah. Bella yelling and cussing and not Eleanor demanding most of my attention. It's weird to be just Maxwell and I, but I think this is going to be really good for him because uh, Maxwell is going to be 10 next month. And, you know, ever, you know, I, for a while I was complaining that, like, I've been surgically attached to these children since March of 2020. The pandemic happened and I just haven't gotten a moment to myself. But what I forget is Maxwell's the same way. Yeah. That, like, I've been a surgically attached to my five-year-old sister 24-7 for a year. So I think it's going to be really good for him to sort of get time by himself and to have me there to guide him. I think it's going to really help him out. Number yeah. two, uh, I've been having the worst but the only problems. Thing, like the only thing I, I find that's, a, that's really problematic with uh, virtual schooling like that, it, it, it's really the virtual bullying. Because you have to make an appointment now. Well, I want Maxwell to have a 100% accurate high school experience, which is why I purchased a locker, just so that I can shove him in there. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's a good... A lot good, of wedgies. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been bullying him in real time, so that's... Because I, I, I have heard so many times that bullying is really, really good... And character building, you know, so it's got to be a part of the part of the the virtual school education. And I'm glad you got that locker that you're taking steps. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely taking steps to it. Uh, number two, uh, uh, Natasha and I, we think, have come up with a solution to my sleeping problems. I've been having these sleeping problems. I, I, I've been having a problem going to sleep. Yeah. Like I, like, I will be tired, but then my mind will be like, no, we can't go to sleep yet. We can't go to sleep until we're absolutely exhausted. So sometimes I'm staying up until, you know, 10.30, a.m., but then I have to wake up at 6 a.m. to make sure that Eleanor is awake and ready for school. And then Bella is awake and ready for school, and oh, Bella missed the bus, and I have to drive Bella, and then when I get back, it's time to make sure that Maxwell is fed and Maxwell is dressed so he can do virtual school, and so that virtual school can be done in time for me to pick up Eleanor, and then uh, Bella gets off of school, and it's, it's really stressful, and so I've been having a hard time sleeping, and I've been getting like five to six hours every night, and for some people, that's fine, but, but it, I, I just, I've been getting really exhausted. And then it's just like a routine that Stephen Wright used to do, that my sleeping now is like those World War II movies where it's like five guys and I'll take the first shift. Yeah. But it's just me and there's nothing out there. So I've been waking up like four or five or six times a night and I can't go back to sleep, and it's just, it's been fucking horrible. So Natasha was talking with a friend, and a friend of hers gets really paranoid and really, uh, you know, has, like, um, um, mental problems, and what they do is, is that one time during the week, 
usually around the weekend, uh, what they will do is they'll get really fucking high. Yeah. Like crazy fucking high, and that's like the reset. And uh, I wasn't fully on board with that until last weekend when I had a medicinal ice cream shake <coughs> and slept better than I've ever fucking slept in my life. So now Natasha and I have come to the agreement that if I want a good night's sleep once a week, I just gotta get blitzed out of my fucking mind. Yeah. So that's what we're doing now. Once a week during the weekend, my wife is getting me crazy fucking hot. And I'm actually getting able able to get a decent night's sleep. So that's good. We're doing that now. And speaking of uh, weed, I am unofficially working with a medicinal marijuana company. So there's that. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. I'm trying to find it. So... I did a video where I taste tested uh, medicinal marijuana infused ice cream and I posted it not on my kids channel but on my adult channel that I've had for forever and I got a message from someone from the company they're called okay nice cream and they said uh, it, shoot us an email so i shot them an email and i was worried at first and i was like uh yes uh i hope you like the video i hope it you guys weren't upset with it do you want me to take it down is everything all right and they said everything's fine we all watched it at our headquarters and we thought it was hilarious and so yada 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 i spent an <coughs> hour talking with the founder of the company yeah uh three days ago it wasn't a job interview, but it sure as shit felt like it. The guy yeah. I talked to, his name was Daryl. The guy, he's, he's like one of the two founders of the entire company. And he is, he, you can tell that he used to be a veteran and that he used to work in the police before leaving the police to start a medicinal marijuana company because he's just one of those people where it's like well let me tell you something let me tell you something that i like about you we're on the same page you're a forward thinker you know you and i you know what i like about you is you're a straight shooter you know you're a straight shooter you're just telling it like it is i also feel that you and i you know we, we have had the same experiences with medicinal marijuana let me tell you something that happened me when I was uh, in the war. So I was stationed in Korea, and it's like, he was a talker. He was a bit of a talker. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I ended up doing two videos about yeah. where I taste-tested the marijuana ice cream. And the next thing I know, the president of the company and I are talking for about an hour, and so the company is, uh, fir the first thing they're doing is they're sending me a bunch of merch. They're sending me shirts and masks and maybe some hoodies, hopefully. They're really expensive, but hopefully they're sending me some of that. A bunch of merch. And then later on, the president, who lives like on the other side of Oklahoma City, will be traveling to my town to drop off new products that I can then do 
on the channel so it's not that they're going to be sponsoring my YouTube videos but they will be giving me some free products so I can do more videos on and in the future with the with their marijuana dispensary what they're hoping to do is maybe start a podcast maybe start uh, doing YouTube videos maybe start filming testimonials where we interview people who just normal people who have used the product maybe do this other thing they have a whole bunch of ideas that they might want to do but whatever they do they want me at the center of it so it, it, so I awesome. am unofficially maybe working with a marijuana company nice anyway it, it, it was really nice the guy at the end of the like hour conversation he's like well, my wife is finally here, so I got to let you go. But let me tell you something, Steve. You go ahead and save this number, okay? My name is Daryl. Save this number. You can always give me a call if you have any other questions. Or even, heck, even if you want to shoot the shit. You seem like an amazing guy, and I had a blast talking with you. Uh, love the YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, we will be getting in touch with you. And it's like, okay, thanks. You almost made me late to go see Reminiscence. <laughs> But yeah, I, so I might be working with with a marijuana with an edible company. So cool. that's exciting. And uh, the final thing is, I've got to, a great to idea. Which, to which I just want to say, Incredibles, call me. Okay? Call me. Huh? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then the final thing. Hear me out, Bunny. Stoner vampire movie. Okay. It's a vampire. He's like 150 years old. He hates being a vampire, and he absolutely wants this to end. And he's like, I hate living for so long, and I want this to end. And what's this? Marijuana? Well, I don't know if this will have an effect on me. Let me just try Oh man, this is a fucking shit. So it's a stoner vampire. Okay. I don't know if anyone has done this before, but what I was thinking of is that basically you get the dude from The Big Lebowski, but also he's the undead. I don't think anyone has made a stoner vampire movie, but I think this is a great idea. Huh. It's like, oh no! Oh no! Are you going to kill me? And he's like, "Fucking, I don't know. Do you want to die? No. Well, fucking fine then. Do you know anybody well, who does? Well, he's still got to eat. He's yeah, still I mean, like, yeah, I still got to eat. And imagine a stoner vampire funny. getting the munchies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the stoner vampire gets the munchies. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he works at a suicide hotline. It's like, fucking, I can help you out. Fucking, just come to my house. And like, like it, there's no doors. Every door is just beads. And it's like, I, I, shit, more beads. There's just beads yeah, I, everywhere. And he's, I, I can really see the like whole him movie. working with the suicide hotline. I really like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, he can still feed. And he's helping people out. But I like the idea of like a stoner vampire. Just the dude, and he's a vampire. You yeah. know? 
It's a great original idea. No one has had this idea. Uh, verbal copyright 2021. The Pope on film and Undead Cow Studios. This is our idea. Stoner Vampire. Great idea. Okay, so okay, okay. Okay. I can okay. I can see Wait. the entire film in my head. But so now he need, he needs friends and things like that. We need some other characters in here. So now I I, I think that this stoner vampire is always denying that he is a vampire. But he's stoned, so he keeps coming out with this weird little shit that just says he's a vampire. So, like, okay, so, alright, so the cops were chasing you down the road and you're running. Like, so, why didn't you just turn into a bat? You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 like he, um, would, he would have tells. Yeah. Like, Big ass obvious tells that he's a vampire, dude. What's while up with denying your teeth? that he is dude, a what's vampire? Up with your... Dude, what's up with your teeth? And he's like nothing, and he's trying to push him back up, like yeah. Nothing. It's fine. I'm allergic to celery. Yeah. <laughs> I got this thing. It's called pointy teeth syndrome. It... You know, I've been to specialists. Yeah. No, I like I mean, that. It, it's a decent idea. I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't think anyone has done a stoner vampire. Now is the time. Yes. Strike while the iron is hot, because then you have a cold iron. Anyway, that's how I've been doing. Bunny, how are you? I, I have been okay. Nothing particularly... Uh interesting to report. I was very disappointed in Black Widow. You, yeah. 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 I liked the May Queen in it. But there's no reason for me to see it again. It's... And like, it's, and, and like this is... And fine, for me, it's like kind of like the final straw and I'm feeling like oh fucking go get them Scarlet fuck those Disney bitches up I mean cause yep. they've been screwing her from the goddamn beginning you know without having toys waiting fucking forever for her to get a movie and then this is the movie and also, I have wondered that, like, hey, when all these people signed up to make Mulan, there's no way that they, that they knew when they signed up for it that, like, hey, it's also going to be released on Disney+. Plus. Like, there's no way that they knew about that. But were they warned before they announced this that your movie would be in theaters and also... You can pay extra to have it on Disney Plus, and that Disney Plus money—do the actors get that? Yeah. Or is that a separate thing? And so I like Scarlett Johansson like uh, suing because that's a serious thing. A lot of times, like like, hey, I'm starring in this film. I get points of the freaking back end, or 
whatever, I get a percentage yeah. of the box office gross. And I'm pretty sure that that does not include the money that fucking HBO Plus is getting for also showing Space Jam on their streaming service. So fucking yeah. good for you, ScarJo. Sue those motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, it's Black just Widow, Black Widow just looks like they didn't much care. Yeah. About the plot. If anything, it should have come out right after Civil War and not now. Yeah. Then I might have liked it more. But it seems like oh, too little, too late. I do. I did not like. Eh. I saw Captain Marvel seven times in theaters. I saw uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse four times. I saw Black Widow once, and it's like, okay, that's enough. I'm yeah, and good. I, and, and I also find, like, I'm just not particularly interested in this type of Marvel story. And, like, that's just a personal preference. But, like, you know, the Black Widow movie, well... That was... I don't know if we could even count it, because she didn't get a fair shot yeah. at a movie, if you ask me. But, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Captain America and, and those type, the more... Oh... I don't find them as fun as more fantastic Marvel movies. I love Loki, and I love right, Wanda like Lo like Loki or or Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, something that's yeah. more fanciful, something that's not quite as ground in the world. Yeah, yeah, okay. As so, Captain America, Black Widow is. Yeah, it like like hey, you know what, Black Widow, you were a fine movie. Why don't you go hang out over over uh, at the boat with Bucky? Yeah. Why don't you go hang out at that boat and just... You guys can be in this little corner of the MCU, and I'll just hang out with the rest of the people. It, it, like, like it's imp these stories are still important to the Marvel Universe, you know? And I want to know what's going on there. But I feel like I could get away with a digest. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't have to watch the show. I can go watch a YouTube video about the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I do with professional wrestling. I, I watch Wrestle Talk on yeah. YouTube, and they summarize all of the wrestling shows in five minutes or less. And I really like it because they do not hold back punches when it comes to, hey, guess what? This episode of Raw sucked again. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm a big fan of, support Wrestle Talk. Big yeah. fan of that. Other than that, I'm interested in seeing what goes on with Spider-Man now that the new trailer dropped. I have been trying to catch up on 2021 movies that I have missed, and so I saw two movies this week. I saw, um, what did I see? I saw a horror movie, what horror, I saw two horror movies? What did I see? Hold on. Uh, Saint Maud. Okay. Which I liked. 
it's it's very short kind of a body horror slash religious horror movie and i liked it and then i saw a movie called werewolves within and holy fucking shit i am in love with this movie yeah i am in love with this movie I am in love with this movie. It, it's a horror thriller, whodunit, werewolf comedy, and it's got a great cast. It features Guillermo, the vampire f- familiar from what we do in the shadows, the TV series. It features um, uh, so many other people. Uh, Lily from AT and from the AT and T commercials, who was also on the show Other Space, which I was really obsessed with for a while. Yeah, only lasted one season. Should have lasted a lot more. And it stars the black guy from the show Detroiters, who also sang one of my favorite songs. Who will be the baby of the year? From I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, which is the greatest show in the history of television. (laughs) I love this show. I am obsessed with it. And I have found that there is a whole subculture all throughout Twitter of people who are also obsessed with it. And I'm really excited because it's like when I was into Syphil and Ollie or when I was into Cheap Seats, except now there's others out there. Yeah. Like, yes, I am also obsessed with this. And so, uh, like, I have a purse, and I've started carrying it around all the time, and it's not even a gender-fluid thing. It's just awesome to have a fucking purse. It's just so great to have a bag filled with all of my shit. And so I have a button on it, and it says, uh, Bart Harley Jarvis. He's the bad boy of the Baby of the Year pageant. Oh, I'm really proud of my part, Harley Jarvis. So anyway, it's a it's a it's a movie, Werewolves Within, and it's based on a VR video game. And oh, it's it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's like, it's not Barb and Star, but it's maybe like number two or number three. Really, it's a it's so much fucking fun. One of these people might be, one of the people in the town might be a deadly werewolf. Or maybe there's no werewolf, but people are going to die. And it's just so much fun. And it's violent, but it's not gory. It's more funny. And there's a lot of things to quote in it. And the cast is incredible. And I'm just fucking in love with the film. And I can't stress it enough. It only played in a very small amount of movie theaters. But oh my God, Werewolves Within. One of the best films of the year. Kicks, kicks Black Widow's ass. Yes. Everyone should watch Werewolves Within. Sorry, I know this is your time of funny verses, <coughs> but I just wanted no, to get right. that out. Werewolves Within, so much fucking fun. We might do it. We, we have to do it. It's the best. Yeah. So what, what else do you have? That's it. I swear, that's it. That's it? That's it? Okay. Yeah, I swear that's it. Well, then then let's get on. I mean, game, it's not exactly a game. It's, you know, okay. but but now that people are taking horse dewormer and <laughs> bleeding out of their asses, 
I I want to rank the stupid. Okay. I want to go through some of the things that these people have been up to and rank them because like Horse Dewormer I find well it's impressive. It is. It's not as good as trying to stick your car keys to your forehead, but it's <laughs> impressive. So yeah. this this is the general idea. I want us to rate from 1 to 10 right-wing stupidity. And I have a list. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm going to get a pen. I got a pen. Uh, I need a piece of paper. I can't write it on my notes. And I have put this up as a poll in the group. Oh, fucking, okay, I'll just go to the group. So if you're, oh, oh there you go. Well, I was going to read them off to you. Okay, well, well do it, but I, I need a list so I can, to help with the ranking. But you go ahead. Oh. So, in no terrible particular order, Jade Helm. Remember oh, Jade shit, I Helm about that. We were going to invade and take over Texas. Yeah, Jade Helm. As Helm's if Texas 15. was not already part of the country, we, we do not need to invade them. <laughs> totally forgot about Jade Helm 13. Yeah. Yes. So on a on a scale from like one to ten, how stupid would you rate Jade Helm? I would say like I would say like a three. I would say like a three or a four. It's yeah. got to be up there because it's insanity that like. Well, ten it, would be ten would be the stupidest. Oh, 10 would be the stupidest? I thought 1 would be the stupidest. Yeah. If 10 I, is the stupidest, I can't help then thinking, like... I, I, if I think ratings, it's always some variation of star ratings. Yeah. So, yeah, 10. Okay. Uh, then, then maybe like 7. Okay. Well, okay, I... I, I I I think we've seen much stupider since that. Well, well, it upsets me the idea that like, oh, Trump wants to be president for uh, Trump wants to be president till like twenty thirty, and he wants to be one hundred percent in charge, and he wants to be a dictator, and this and that. But then when a when a Democrat comes in, and, and Republicans are fine with it. Republicans are fine with Trump becoming a mad dictator and killing all of his political rivals, but then once a Democrat comes along and says, hey, we're going to make sure that everyone is nice, automatically the Republicans go, the Republicans go oh shit, he's going to come for our guns, and then he's going to lock us in camps, and then he's going to burn the Bible, and then he's going to kill LeVar Burton, and then he's going to shit on the American flag, and then we're all going to die! And like... But then when a Republican comes in and it's like, okay, first things first, we're going to kill all the 
brown people. And it's like, yes, yes, exactly. This is fine. This is 100% okay with us. So I think you are saying that Jade Helm 13, like we've seen crazier things, but I think that we shouldn't forget of the importance of how Republicans keep thinking this or a different version of this. That Jade... That Jade Helm 13 is just a like Pizzagate with different steps. Well, you know? yes, no, 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 no. We 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 are judging strictly stupidity here. Yeah, we, we, we are not. We are we are not rating uh, in, according to its importance or its social impact or anything like that. Just for flat out stupid bullshit they've come up with. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so I would totally agree. Yes, Jade Helm is is a significant event in right wing stupidity. Yes. And so are many other many of the other ones on the list. Are they the stupidest though? Okay. So continue. So are they stupid? Like the next one, Mister Potato Head's genitals. Republicans' entire political strategy is just fear-based. Yes. So anytime something happens that, like, hey, it's weird that we're gendering this plastic doll. Maybe we can make it more gender-friendly. Oh, my God! They're coming to steal our Mr. Potato Heads, and after that, it's camps, and oh, my God, it's the Holocaust. Yeah. that like everything leads to the Holocaust. They're pushing back James Bond. Yeah, everything's leading. Okay, wait a second, wait a second. Everything's leading to the Holocaust for the fucking Holocaust deniers who would sure as shit straight start the next fucking Holocaust given the goddamn chance. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. What were you saying? Uh, I would just trying to come up with a, it just everything leads to the Holocaust for yeah. Republicans. When a white person is even slightly inconvenienced. Oh, well, you mean to tell me I can't go into the gym and work out? You know, this is the first thing that they did in Germany when the Nazis took over. And it's like, okay, just because a white person is slightly inconvenienced doesn't mean that it's uh, concentration camps. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But Mr. Potato Head is pretty crazy. I would I would rate that more than I would rate Jade Hell. Yes. Okay. So you want to go maybe an 8 on that? Yeah. Okay, so what else? Uh, I, I think I'm just trailing one behind each one, but then again, I know the list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. JFK Jr. coming back from the dead to fight pedophiles by Trump's side. Uh, I've got a picture. I've got a picture. I have got a picture. And I'm already in my pictures. Hold on, let me just keep scrolling here. I've got pictures. I got a picture here somewhere. I was 
I was driving through the neighborhood. I was a bit early to pick up Bella from the high school. So I'm driving around the neighborhood. There you go. And I found a house that's obviously owned by an old person. Here, let me turn off the ring light. So it, it's a house and they have oh, a bunch Lord. of Trump 20 They have a bunch of Trump 2020 flags and there's a tiny Trump uh, sign here. And so I, zooming in to the sign, you can see that it's a Trump 2020 sign, but they got scotch tape and they covered over Pence and put JF Kennedy Jr. <laughs> nice! And like, it's one thing to have that on your lawn in 2019, but in 2021 to still be rocking this sign convinced that JF Kennedy Jr. is alive and yeah. is a Republican and is coming back to life. That's fucking ridiculous. Yes. But there is a certain validity to it because if you are going to be seeking out pedophiles, first place to look is Trump sides. The microphone. Yes. <laughs> you know, you want to find a pedophile? Who is Trump standing next to? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I find that insane. I find that insane. Like, how did they pick the liberal Democrat? I don't understand that. I don't understand the fact that they think that longtime Democrat from a Democratic <coughs> family faked his death and went Republican. Like, like, why would you even... Fun fact, on his deathbed, Ronald Reagan said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have put crack in all of those black neighborhoods. You know what, I'm a Democrat now. And then he died. Yeah. So those were his last words. His last words were, hey, everybody, I'm a Democrat now. And then he died. So, uh, yeah, Ronald but, Reagan was a Democrat. Yeah, but but JF picking JFK Jr. Putting aside that he's dead. <laughs> yeah. That, that's like that's like picking Chelsea Clinton. That is weird. That is weird. Like, that that matching is so fucking bizarre. Yeah. Damn it, I would put that ahead of Mr. Potato Head. And, and he... He... And, like, it's not like he was the conservative, the conservative of the family. Yep. He was probably the most liberal yet. <laughs> So I, I don't. It's I don't magazine. Get... Huh? It's goddamn magazine, attacking every Republican and every goddamn issue. George. I I I I I don't quite get their 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 mindset. Are 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 they expecting him to turn heel and then then he's on their side or, you know, like. JFK Jr. comes running in with a steel chair and 
smacks Joe Biden in the head? I, I don't understand. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. So what do you think in there? I would, in fact, put that higher than Mr. Potato Head. I might put Mr. Potato Head before Jade Helm 13. Because I'm still a big fan of that one. Well, well, you have uh, you have Jade Helm at seven. You have Mr. Potato Potato Head's genitals at eight, and JFK would be at nine then. Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay, and I'm gonna be straight up. This is this is my favorite, and you can probably tell because I've mentioned it a lot. So. Personally, I'm going ahead and giving this one a 10. COVID shots make you magnetic. Yeah, that that is pretty fucking insane. I think that is just the absolute stupidest thing on so many fucking levels. You're just sweaty. You're just (laughs) sweaty whites. Even if the entire fucking vile even if the entire COVID shot was made up of magnetic fibrings fiber magnetic magnetic flakes oh my god bunny I just put a nickel on my forehead and it's sticked oh my god stuck oh my god I'm magnetic it has nothing to do with the fact that the air conditioner is off and I'm sweating like a fucking pig because it's the goddamn summer no (laughs) I'm magnetic from the fucking vaccine yeah yeah but what makes it funnier this is all the proof I need but what makes it funnier is now do that in front of a political hearing yeah yeah do that of at Walk a, up to that rally. microphone for your local yeah. congressman. Oh, what? Oh, I'm not magnetic anymore. And we're not supposed to believe that you're raving fucking maniacs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the evidence is just mounting on this list itself that these people are raving maniacs because it's like it's Absolutely. like. Wait, we got more. I think we're halfway through the... One, two, three... This is the fourth. God, okay. We are just okay, give to me the some more. point of this list. Yeah. Okay, so what rating are you going to give this? Um, I would say before JFK Jr., but yeah. above everything else is what I would say. So maybe an 8 for that? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Seuss being cancelled. I'm so happy I am no longer the manager of a children's department of a bookstore. Oh, God, yeah. I I really miss working at the bookstore because I worked there for about 18 years, and it was an important part of my life, and I miss it. And then suddenly, 
oh, you know, these liberals are canceling Dr. Seuss. We need to buy all the Dr. Seuss we can because, you know, cancel culture has gotten out of control. You know these goddamn liberals, and it's like, thank fucking God I don't work there anymore. Fuck! Praise Jeebus that I don't fucking work in the kids section anymore. Yeah. Because that would have driven me fucking insane. Yeah. Insane. Fuck! I don't know if this necessarily counts as stupid, though. Okay? This is more of the fucking lengths you would go to to defend your racism. Yeah, that just shows me that, like... The Dr. Seuss thing is ridiculous because people are like... hey, these three obscure Dr. Seuss books have some racist imagery in it, and we're going to stop publishing these. And then uh, White America went, they're canceling Dr. Seuss, but there's nothing wrong with Green Eggs and Ham. There's nothing wrong with the Lorax. And it's like, yeah, that shows me that you only know four Dr. Seuss books, and you haven't read all of them. You've never read McElligot's Pool. <laughs> You've never read... The 10,000 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. Yeah. You've never seen the 10,000 fingers of Dr. T? <laughs> you don't know your Dr. Seuss. You don't know all of the... You've never seen the fucking racist as shit World War II cartoons that he drew. You, you, you do not know your Dr. Seuss, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and like... And I, and I don't personally think like bad, bad Dr. Seuss because I expect certain behaviors from people from certain periods of time. You know? Where you could be like the most liberal racist. You know? Yes. Absolutely. You know, where where I, I I'm not surprised that Dr. Seuss maybe had some certain racist views because yeah. everybody fucking did. Yeah, everybody Absolutely. still does, or too goddamn many of us. Yeah, you know, so like I mean. I, I bet you we turn a shovel or two on Stan Lee, we're going to find some shit. And in fact, Rhodey from Iron Man was racist as shit. Yep. Agreed. You could not have a black Marvel character who did not speak some form of jive. Yes. Yeah. You know? What was it that Luke Cage used to say? Um... Sweet Christmas. That's yeah. what he used to say. Yeah. 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 So, so... Yes, stupidity is involved for, for the point that you raise that some people just don't know they're Dr. Seuss. Therefore, Dr. Seuss can't be bad. But I really feel it's more of 
a, a defensive racist posture than stupid. So I'm going to score this one pretty low. I'm going to give this one a three. Yeah, I, I would put this lowest. And again, it's not that I'm saying that this was a good thing or anything. I just don't feel it was it was stupid. In it the wasn't way these stupid. other things are stupid. It was just... It wasn't stupid. It was just that a lot of Americans think they know Dr. Seuss, but... He wrote things other than Horton Hears a Who, The Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham and the Lorax. He wrote a lot more. Yeah. And, okay. I, it, it, one of the books that got canceled was a well, book that, that I, I actually agree with, though. That um, I agree that is stupid. Yeah. yeah. It is stupid, but... And, and then, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted Cruz is like... Uh, Democrats are trying to cancel Dr. Seuss, so I'm going to do something that Democrats hate. I'm going to read Green Eggs and Ham. And it's like, okay, okay, uh, that's not what we're having an issue with. We're not canceling all of Dr. Seuss, you fucking idiot. He wrote some books, and some of them had some really racist shit in them. Well, but there were also a lot of people who were directly defending the racist shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people who were defending Dr. Seuss just didn't know that these things existed, because it's like, they can't cancel Dr. Seuss. I've read The Cat in the Hat a bunch of times, and there's nothing bad in there. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing bad in there. The he movie, fucking different fucking story. Yeah. Okay, so so what do you think for Dr. Seuss? That's, that's lowest on the list so far. So you go on one? Yeah. Okay. Just as a broad topic, and, the, and a couple of these run together, hydrochloroquine. And basically the hydrochloroquine that, that most of them were looking at using were the fish tank cleaners. I just feel like all of that was a Republican scam that like, shit, I own stock in this weird thing. How do I make money off of it? I don't know. I'll say that it works for the coronavirus and that it's less stupid, but more like like you fell for a robocall, you know? Yeah. Like it's just a scam that a bunch of dumbass people uh, fell for. But I wouldn't really call it stupid. I would put that above Dr. Seuss. Okay. So let's go two on that. Yeah, it feels more something being perpetrated on stupid people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, than stupid people would not know about hydrochloroquine unless somebody told them. Yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. so let's go to. Okay. I need a I need a breath for this one. Bit of a drink. <clears throat> Dr. 
Dates for Donald Trump's reinstatement, January 20th, March 4th, by the end of April, June 8th, June 4th, August 13th. I got a viral tweet um, on one of those dates. It had, it's been seen a uh, 100,000 times. It's gotten over 1,000 likes. Uh, August 13th was one of the dates, and I tweeted, Trump was going to have his reinstatement day inauguration at the White House, but Rudy rooted it all up, and now his inauguration will be at the Love's Truck Stop at 1001 Highway 76 in White House, Tennessee. Yes! <laughs> so update your plans accordingly. Hashtag Trump reinstatement. And it exploded on me. It, 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 it got over a thousand likes. And a lot of people liked the whole Rudy Rudy it up. Yeah. But uh, some people were upset because I chose an actual truck stop and gave the actual address of an actual truck stop in yeah. an actual city called White House, Tennessee. And a lot of people were very upset with me about that. That, like, for the love of God, please do not send these idiots our way. White House, Tennessee is a beautiful part of the country, and you're fucking it all up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is fucking stupid. This is really fucking stupid. I don't know why so many people are listening <coughs> to a pillow salesman and former crack addict. Yes. So okay. I would rate this. I would rate this pretty high. But, you know, I would have to rate this pretty high because, like, seriously, how many times do you have to hear the same thing before you realize somebody's bullshitting you? Yeah. You know, like, it's like almost like that fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me thing. Like, if you fell for the January 20 date, oh... If you fell for the January 20 date, fine. You know? Yeah, that's stupid, but they sucked you in with the story, you bought it. Okay. Happens. But then they sell you the same shit again for March 4th? And yeah. then they sell you the same shit again by the end of April? And June 8th, and June, June uh, July 4th, and August 13th? Like, come on, come on. I would, also tack, huh? I, would also, I would also tack on to this one the idea that we're going to get rid of Joe Biden, and then we're going to get rid of Kamala Harris, and then the army is just going to come in and reinstate Trump, like... That's not how it You're works. The, the army can't just come in. We're not Venezuela. Yeah. You know? We're not... The army can't just come in. They're, they're not... That's not how America works. <laughs> And I don't know why you are clinging to this idea that the army At is just going to come moment. in and go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a pretty tenuous thread on how America works these days. <laughs> yeah, agreed. 
so you think a nine or ten or you want high? Yeah. Um, what's that ten right now? We don't have a ten yet. We don't have a ten yet. Okay. Let's just put it at ten for now. Okay. Horse dewormer, the new hydroxychloroquine. Horse dewormer. Which we now know makes you shit yourselves. Makes you shit yourself like crazy. Yes. Apparently there's a lot of private Facebook groups for people taking the horse dewormer. And I, I followed someone. Fun things. Yeah, I and followed some someone. Things. Yeah, I followed someone on Twitter who who uh, got into a couple of them, and yeah, there are people who are just like, I've been taking twenty whatevers of uh, this horse dewormer, and I shit myself at the Walmart. <laughs> Am I taking too much? How much horse dewormer should I be taking? I don't want to shit myself again. And it's like, yeah, okay. Shitting yourself and getting yourself in the emergency room to own the libs. Yeah. Good for you. You really got life all figured out. Good for you. Wow. Us libs sure were sure have been put in our place by you shitting yourself at the Walmart. Uh-huh. But I also think it's it falls under the the hydrochloroquine. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. That they, like, they would not... These people are not smart enough to come up on the, with shit like this on their own. So first they're told about it, and then they're just buying in because they're fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do not see a reason for... Sh there's no... No nice way around it. This stupid. Are they ignorant uh, or are they? Naive? I would put it around a five. Or are they just idiots? Like they're middle of the road. Stupid. What? I would put it around a five, like around the middle of the road, because yeah, I would say that these people were scammed, but also. It does take a certain level of stupidity to say, I'm going to beat this deadly pandemic by taking a dangerous amount of horse dewormer. That sounds exactly up my alley, you know? <laughs> like, so I'd put that around the middle of the list. Okay, so I'm hitting that at about a five. Yeah. So, adrenochrome. Or baby brain juice. Okay, so we, well, it's a known fact that the star of Forrest Gump eats babies. Yes, I think everybody knows that now. Forrest Gump eats children. That's just yes. a fact. It's science. Well, so just, just let me just recap that one quick. Yes, in case anybody else forgot. And because, like, Jeannie sounded like she needed a little bit of a reminder. This is what the evil cabal of pedophiles, you know, being the Clintons, which may be partially true. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks, 
and like all of Hollywood are all part of the satanic cabal uh, and, and sacrificing babies to Satan and then extracting the adrenochrome whatever the fuck that is from their brains that was produced in the sacrifice and it is it is like a very intense acid which also keeps them young yeah it makes perfect sense to me well f- I've seen Hillary okay so like something in the satanic ritual just ain't working yeah <laughs> Bill, last time I saw, wasn't holding up all that bad, but I'm really expecting to see him fall to shit any moment now. So, you know. Bill Clinton's going through his Brando phase right now. Yeah. See, now, the thing about this list, and I think I'm going to have to go a good seven on that one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty stupid. Now, the thing about the, this list, and we only have one more, is I'm thinking of revisiting it, because I think we could, use, we could do the same list from different perspectives. Yeah. Like, while I think that people thinking the COVID shots make you magnetic is the epitome of stupidity, and in my opinion, that's what reaches the peak for the most stupid. Okay? Yeah. But, hey, I'm a horror fan, okay? Adrenochrome, baby brain juice, that's my personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That is you know, pretty good. I don't think it's the stupidest, but... It's pretty stupid. Like, I think Anton LaVey, if he was alive, would have approved that. (laughs) You would have been like, sure, okay. (laughs) And then finally, the last in the list, Drinking Bleach. Drinking Bleach... Drinking bleach. I feel that that has to be just one above horse dewormer. They're like, yeah, that's pretty stupid, but also I feel that, yeah, Trump was just being an idiot and he conned a bunch of idiots. Yeah. You know? But you really, but but if you're going to, if you're going to drink bleach... You are so stupid that you barely have survival skills. Yeah. That you are still alive is by sheer chance. Yeah. Yeah. If all it takes is for an obviously stupid president to say, drink bleach... And you're drinking bleach. Yeah, that that does require a certain level of stupidity. 
Like, it seems like these are the people that you can literally tell just anything. And not just drinking bleach, but injecting it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to go pretty high on that. So, I think we're coming out with, though, you think the Trump reinstatement dates... Oh, let's just finish it up. I'm going to chuck that a seven. What do you think, a seven on that, drinking bleach? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so for you, you're going with, as your number ten, dates of Trump reinstatement. Yeah. And I'm going with sticking magnets to yourself, sticking car keys to yourself. Well, to be fair, Ben Nichols stayed on me for a long time, so that yeah. just proves that there's a microchip in my bloodstream. So. Well, did you did you get the Pfizer? Which one did you get? I I I got I got this special Dollar Tree brand. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I don't know what that one was. It was just a guy named Eddie behind the Dollar Tree, and he said, I'll inject you. Well, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, those are the Dollar Tree brand is basically just a Kroger brand that just didn't pass quality. Yeah. So Kroger brand, yeah. Yes. So that is it. If you want to participate in the poll, it is in the Facebook group, so you can go uh, give your own opinion on what you think is the stupidest. And again, remember, it is the stupidest, not necessarily the most dangerous or anything else. Uh, Bunny, I think that this has been a very wonderful and enlightening segment, so much so that maybe you should cut it from Bunny Versus and have it be its own bit. Just from an editing standpoint. Okay, maybe. So that Bunny Versus isn't just, like, super long. I just think it would benefit from people listening to our countdown of stupidity without having to listen to how my week went. (laughs) Okay. So. Fair enough. Strictly from an editing standpoint. Wow, that Well, it's not that it wouldn't be the first time that I... I mean, you, you identified it this time, but I've made that call on other things yeah. where it should be clipped out for its own thing. Yeah. And grabbed it just out of a section, so... Yeah. No but this has, been a, this, is, this has been a really fun game. Good, good. I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if anybody wants to participate, it's in the group. But then, what <clears throat> is up with Chap this week? I've got a short, sharp Chap about a very important and overlooked aerospace engineer who was vital to NASA and vital to getting man on the moon. And it's a story that I think more people should know. And at the end, there's a twist. There's a Shyamalan that I'm really excited to, 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 to lay on people. And we really should have discussed this before the show, but are you uh, going to that website and taking over? Oh, I totally forgot about all of that. Okay, or are you going to cue me when you want to switch? or? Sure, sure. I'll cue you when I want okay. you to switch. All right. Well, in that case, let us get on over there 
And for this week, this is Bunny versus saying self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. That's a great ending line. And nobody liked my Scott Bayo video that I made. Oh, I'm sorry. Scott oh. Bayo. I felt inspired after Baby Geniuses to see Scott Bayo get punched in the face. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah, I cut that out and put it on my <laughs> put it on my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And cut on that. Cut on that. Bunny. Yes. Ow, that really hurt. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays that's sweeping the nation? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, the cats eating the cake, who have been with us since the beginning. <laughs> the cat can't eat the cake. The cat was trying, was getting ready to eat the cake. The cat can't sniff the cake. But only true fans, real hardcore fans, who have been with us since day one, would know two facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest will they or won't they couple, the next Sam and Diane, it's Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you're not doing the podcast, you work on cultivating your intense porcelain doll collection so tell us bunny what got you into the world of porcelain doll collecting um i would have to say the movie may uh was the gateway drug to porcelain doll figures uh of course i immediately found some of the the asian artists uh and their work in porcelain which is just fucking top rate um, and I, I, I have a collection of porcelain dolls, uh, that it's really more about the value of the dolls and, than the amount of the dolls, like, yeah. uh, so I have three, you know, uh, and that's enough to qualify me as a rabid collector. That's having uh, a collection, yeah. I, I... Um, I am currently moving away from the porcelain doll collection, and I'm aiming more toward uh, salt and pepper shakers that look like titties. Nice. Nice. That's a good collection. Yeah. That's a good collection. That's something you can stand behind. Yes. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this section of the podcast is just find a story from the history books maybe people don't know too well and reword it via my own unique storytelling style, my panache. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, dun. Or shap, as we like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. And hey, fun fact, in Cleveland, Ohio, shap stands for the Senior Homeowner Assistance Program, which gives Cleveland, Ohio seniors grants so they can do home repair and maintenance. 
This is only available to seniors age 60 and up. So, hey, if you're an old fart living in Cleveland, call area code 216-664-2833 weekdays from 8 to 5. You're welcome. That is 100% true. Anywho, today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, I have a nice short chap about an overlooked hero in the American space race. And also, be sure to pay attention, boys and girls and gender rebels, because at the end of the Shap, there's a big twist at the end. A Shyamalan, if you will. So just be prepared. So, okay. Today's Shap is about a woman named Judith Love Cohen. And Bunny, you can put up that black and white picture now. The first picture, you can put that up. There we go. Judith Love Cohen. This shaft is about Judith Love Cohen and her work in the American aerospace industry. This woman's work was invaluable, but why do we not know about her? Because she's a woman. It's sad that so many women uh, worked in the aerospace industry, helped us get to space. So many black women worked on the aerospace industry and we're just now finally getting stories out into the public consciousness about the women and the minorities that helped get us to space and this is one of those stories she was born in 1933 in brooklyn and man was she ever smart because as the story goes in fifth grade her classmates would pay her to do their math homework. <laughs> oh, nice. So not only, how cool is that? Not only was she super smart, she was a hustler. Yes. And I, I really like that. So she grew up studying math and engineering. She went to USC and she was such a pioneer. She was such a pioneer to get into engineering that she got a, her bachelor's degree and her master's degree in engineering without ever meeting another woman in the engineering program. Okay. That's how much of a pioneer she was, that she was the only woman in the entire system. So she's a whiz. She's an engineering whiz, a science whiz. And so in 1952, she got a job with a company called North American Aviation, NAA. They were an aerospace company founded in 1928. Uh, what was aerospace in 1928? Were you just uh, shooting? You, I imagine it was just a slingshot and pebbles. <laughs> pebbles to the moon. Fucking it's 1928 for shit's sake. But the North American Aviation Company helped build a number of now historic aircrafts, both army planes and spacecrafts. And in the 1950s and 1960s, NAA, North American Aviation, started working with NASA. And so Judith, Judith Love Cohen was there too. And as is often the case, history remembers the bald white men wearing ties and smoking. Yes. Who helped us get to space. Yes. Uh, history remembers the white men in short sleeve dress shirts with a cigarette hanging from their mouth and glasses who helped get us into space. 
the pasty white men who work for NASA, and history just conveniently glosses over the black people and the women who also work for NASA and help us get this thing. Including Judith Love Cohen, and it's a damn shame because she was a huge name when it came to helping NASA. She worked on the guidance computer yes. for the LGM-30 Minuteman, also known as the Minuteman missile, which was a deterrent that was created to scare the Russians. Oh yeah. And it was like, oh, the Russians, they've got rockets and they can, they can just blow us out of the water at any second. We need something to scare them. So she works on the Minuteman missile. And, and so, you know, that was created to fight the Russians in case they started attacking the U.S. So Judith Love Cohen helped deter the USSR from killing us. Already good job, Judith. Yes. You haven't even gotten to the main thing. But already, you've done a lot and fucking good job. So, so also, she helped create the NASA abort guidance system. This is what saved the Apollo 13 astronaut. So, uh, so who saved Tom Hanks in space? Judith Love Cohen helped save yeah. Tom Hanks in space. And don't you forget it. So Apollo 13, disaster hits the astronauts. They, they can't use the guidance system and they can't use the navigation system because electricity and water are extremely limited. They need to save the electricity and the water that they can. And both the guidance system and the navigation system use electricity and use water. So the abort guidance system that Judith Love Cohen worked on was used to get the Apollo 13 astronauts back to Earth safely. Judith Love Cohen did that, and she deserves a lot more respect for her work in getting Americans on the surface of the frickin' moon. But that's not all she did. She also worked uh, on the TDRS, which stands for Tracking and Data Relay Satellite. This is what NASA uses and what the U.S. government uses to <coughs> communicate with each other. So if one portion of the Army is trying to talk to another portion of the Army, yeah, that was Judith Love Cohen. Yeah. She helped create the freaking satellites that are still in space that are making NASA able to talk to people at the, on the goddamn space station out there. That was Judith Love Cohen doing that. The Do fact that no Judith... We have flipped pictures. Oh, yeah. Uh, flip to the Apollo 13 people. I should have said that beforehand. I I'm just really into this shack. Yeah. So I totally forgot that. I'm just so passionate about the fact that Judith Love Cohen did so much to help America, and nobody knows her fucking name. It, yeah. This is a crime that people do not know more about Judith Love Cohen. But here's the thing. So, yeah, she helped create the Minuteman missile. She helped create the abort guidance system. Hi, Cat. You're not getting a spin-off, okay? Please don't turn off the podcast. Don't get on the computer. Don't get on the... You're just, you're just purring right into the microphone. Okay, this is happening. Uh, hello. Hello. You're just in front of everything. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. This cat is named Gaspacho, which is a reference uh, that I took from the show I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, the greatest show on television, despite what Bunny says. <laughs> you are on my podcast notes. No, I need to read this. Stop. Okay, okay. You can stay there, cat. 
just don't cover up my podcast notes. I'm, I, I'm in the middle of Shaft, dude. I'm in the middle of Shaft. Okay. So she helped create the Minuteman missile. She helped get the Apollo 13 astronauts back to uh, Earth. She helped create the TDRS, which is what NASA and the U.S. government uses to communicate. But that's not, but that's all like 50s and 60s and maybe a little bit of the 70s. She had such a long career. She kept working and kept working. She also worked on something else you might have heard of. It's called the freaking Hubble. Yes. The fact that she worked on the Apollo missions in the 60s and had such a long career that she also helped create and launch the Hubble Space Telescope in the year 1990, that's a career and a half is what yes. that is. That is insane. What a career. She also had quite a personal life. She had uh, four kids. In the 1950s, she married a fellow engineer and had three kids with that engineer including one of the kids ended up being Neil Siegel, who would go on to be a very famous engineer and scientist. Neil Siegel helped create the U.S. Army's first unmanned air vehicle. Yes. The first ever unmanned aerial <coughs> vehicle was created by Judith Love Cohen's son. The, yes. the, the things that her family helped create. Don't switch to the third one yet. You yeah, son no, of a bitch. I, I, it was a slip of the finger. Okay. You son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. So you might be thinking, gee, I bet that Judith Love Cohen gave birth to a whole brood of super smart geniuses. Well, that's not entirely the case. Okay. So she divorced her first husband. And then in the 60s, she met a guy named Thomas, and they got married. And she got pregnant with her fourth child. And as the story goes, she refused to take any time off work. She said, I'm going to keep working. My work is so important, I'm not going to take time off work. I'm going to keep working up until the point that I go to labor. I am still going to be here in the lab working on fucking science. And so she's sciencing it up, and she's like six months pregnant. She's sciencing it up. She's eight months pregnant. She's sciencing it up. It's nine and a half months. She's nine and a half months pregnant. She's still working. She's still working. And she, she's working so much that she is at work, working, when she goes into labor. And her colleagues are all, Judith, you are in labor right now. Please go to the damn hospital. And she's, she was all like, no. I'm working on a really difficult engineering problem here. This is very, I can't leave. I'm working on a problem. But the colleagues were all like, Judith, Judith, please just fucking go. So being the insane worker that she was, she printed out her work, the problem that she was working on. And as she's being rushed to the hospital, she's 100% calm because she's working on her work as she's being rushed to the hospital. Yeah. And she's being rushed into the inside the hospital. You're going to be fine, Judith. I know. I'm just I'm almost done with this engineering problem. Okay, push, Judith. I can't. I almost have this problem done. 
Can you just leave me alone? I'm almost done with solving this. So close. Just leave me alone. She gets to the hospital and finally she's like, I did it. I finished the problem. I did it. I finished it. Okay. Get me a phone. Oh, okay. Boss, I figured it out. Okay, this is what you do. You do this and then you put the thing on the thing and then you carry the two and then uh, whatever, ipso facto, and then there you go. We solved it. Okay. I'll see you later. Click. I figured out the problem. Now I'm can, now I'm ready to give birth. And so she pushes the baby out and gives birth to Jack fucking Black. <laughs> now you can switch it, funny. Yep. That's a picture of Judith Love Cohen, a genius who helped get man on the moon next to her son who was in Gulliver's Travels and Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. But she loves him anyway. That is insane. So yes, not all of uh, Judith Love Cohen's children were engineering geniuses. Yes. Uh, also, what a Shyamalan, huh? Yeah. What a Shyamalan. Apparently... Uh, Judith Love Cohen was married three times. So she was married to the guy in the 50s and then had three kids and then divorced him, married another guy in the 60s, had one kid with him, divorced him, then married a third guy and said, no more kids. I just gave birth to Jack Black. I'm good now. Yes. <laughs> so no more children. But apparently they got divorced in the 60s and it's like, oh, where should this kid go? And then the dad said, I'll take him. I'm moving to L.A. I don't know. Maybe you could be a fucking actor or something. And that's how we got Jack Black. Yeah. And it's just astounding to me that, that this picture exists of an aerospace engineering legend next to her son, Jack Black. That's just <laughs> fascinating to me. Yes. That, that, like, you saved the Apollo 13 astronauts. Uh, have fun at the premiere of Shallow Hal. <laughs> but oh you could God. take so, you could take so, different looks at it. You know, she she could also look at it like finally one of my kids is funny. <laughs> the way that I see it, and this is probably due to the fact that I have an older brother who made my life a living hell. But yeah. the way I see it in my head is. If I, I put myself in Jack Black's shoes and I'm like, God damn it, I'll never live up to my brother who created the U.S. Army's first unmanned air vehicle. Sure, I'm Jack Black, but I'll never be Neil Siegel. Yeah. You know, like, like, sure, I made two Jumanji films, but look at what my mom did. Like, I would see myself as a failure if I was in Jack Black's shoes, so I feel bad for him being in a family that created such legitimate geniuses. But to be fair, that first Tenacious D album, fucking incredible. Fucking incredible. This is a tribute. You know? That, that is a work of genius in and of itself. But, yeah. So, Judith Love Cohen, one of the mothers of NASA, aerospace pioneer, a woman who helped us get on the surface of the moon 
and also the mom of the man who helped create Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. This has been Steve's Historic Approximations. I, I am really proud of this one. It's a short one, but it's an important one. Uh, Judith Love Cohen, despite having given birth to Jack Black, an incredible name in the history of science and one that deserves more credit. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's the end of that. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! Unfortunately, we need to talk about this week. A homophobic, transphobic, piece of crap, shitty movie known as Disaster Movie. Unfortunately, yes. I have background into how this movie was made. Uh, I've got a really good uh, review of it from Nathan Rabin of the Onion AV Club. Ugh. Okay, we're so close to being done with summer. Let's just get it over with. But first, should we take a break, maybe? I think we should probably take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after these commercial messages. After these non-commercial messages. Yes. Do 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 and break. An ass put on a lion skin and went bouncing around in the forest merrily. Scaring the foolish beasts by brooks and by rocks. Till at last he tried to scare Bob. But Bob, hearing from beneath the mane, that raucous voice, so petulant, so vain. Oh, ass. Bob, too, run away. But that Bob knows your old familiar prey. That's just the way with asses. That's just
I'm a spider, and my name is Bitey. I'm a Leo, and I love dewy spiderwebs in the sunset. Long walks on the pavement, and hiding in shoes. And I'm looking for a special female, and girl, not everyone sees you the way I do. So let me look deep inside all eight of your beautiful eyes. And I don't see human like other people do. I see a glorious spider, baby. Yeah. So I want to let you know. I play spider with you all night long. Shimmy here. Up next to me. And do that stanky spider dance you do. So shake that sephora thorax. And your abdomen too. Ah, girl. Come on, come on. Be my spider, baby. When a male spider tries to show you what he's made of And I gotta let you know I don't mind dying For just one night of sweet spider love If that's what it takes to get near you, girl A hungry female may consume any invertebrate that comes along Including her suitors But baby, but baby, I don't mind Because you're truly worthy You're worth it, baby my pedipals are palpitating, circulating. I could be perspirating, but I can't because I got an ectoskeleton. But that don't matter now. So let me be your daddy, baby. Hopelessly tangled up in your silky web. Let me kiss your fangs before you jump off my head. Yeah. Species. Females eat the males after sweet, sweet love. But I don't mind. Nah. You see, I got eight boots on my legs for knocking. I notice you do too. Spider baby rocking all night long. You see, even spider love is blind. Come on. Ooh. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Sixteen yeah. boots of spider knocking. Come on, come on. You know it's true, girl. Come on, girl. come on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> come on, come on, be my baby. Yeah. Be my spider baby. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. Yeah. Be your daddy's spider lonely. Come on, come on, be my baby. Mm-hmm. 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 M
about to witness a new dimension in entertainment. Peter Lemongello. Oh, I could have been a million things. Peter Lemongello, a mood rock experience called Love 76. Yes, Peter Lemongello has created a new kind of music that's both romantic and moving. Just listen. In this two-album package, Love 76, you'll experience all the warmth and tenderness living in the heart of Peter Lemongello, plus the excitement that is Peter Lemongello on stage. some of my favorite worst posts from the last few weeks on the Oklahoma City Craigslist page. This one is called Prince Media Pandering. And it says, Prince, you would have thought he was the president the way the media carries on about this non-talented transvestite. Exclamation point. So, transvestite! Every channel went on and on and still are, I say, good riddance. Typical left-wing, pandering media, always pushing their cause. Hell, when Elton John dies, they will probably declare a national holiday for it. They should, because Elton John is a treasure, number one. Uh, number two, mm, you need to check yourself. And third, it's not media pandering. Apparently, it's a pandering media. It's, it's a media that's run by pandas. It's a pandering media. I like that. Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week.
is threatened. When our lives are at risk, who can save us? I am Iron Man. From the guys who've seen way too many movies. Could a simple New York City gal like me really beat up on a pregnant teenager? I never back down. Is that your feet? And this is my baby's foot. Disaster movie. Taste it. so much yes it's it's hard for me to express happiness right now <laughs> especially having having seen that trailer having seen that fucking trailer having yes. to see that again it just it hurts funny it hurts okay but i'm a professional all right um uh, Okay. <clears throat> also, my wife just got me a little bit high, so that helped. Okay. <sighs> Act three, bunny! Act three! Act three! Sorry, I like that. Yes, bunny, my friend. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pobon Film Podcast to spliff our way into the third and final act of the show, and it is said third act wherein we finally ineventually get around to discussing our low cost, high in fiber, and now available without a prescription movie of the week. And this week we finally end our summer of suffering with the 2018 film, with finger quotes, called Disaster Movie. Number one on the IMDb bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. This is the worst. Um, it's very homophobic and very transphobic and very sexist. And it's basically Edgelord the movie. It's basically Reddit troll the movie. Okay. You know, like, okay, 
So first off, an explanation. We do themed summers, and we've done the summer of Star Wars and the summer of Saw and the summer of Fred Willard because he had died right before the summer, and so we just watched his movies. This summer, we are doing a deep dive into the IMDb bottom 100 list of the 100 movies of all time. This is the last week of August. This is the last episode that we will be doing during the summer. This is the end of our summer of pain. Bunny, fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck this shitty fucking movie. Even if I was nine or twelve, I would still hate this movie. This horrible fucking dumbass lowest common denominator fucking shitty ass movie. It hurts my brain. What it reminded me of, what the movie reminded me of was Freddy Got Fingered, the Tom Green movie. Because like the Tom Green movie, Freddy Got Fingered, this movie is not only making fun of all of these popular things that happened in 2007 and 2008. It's also making fun of you for spending money to watch this shitty fucking movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I had become fascinated after a while how unfunny I felt it was when they were trying so hard to be funny that it like reminded me of the psychics from the National Enquirer who are yeah. who are more incorrect than if by chance yeah. you know it's like it's like somebody could be accidentally funny more frequently than what is going on in this movie yeah, yeah, and like, what a tight, tight time frame to lock yourself into to try to do parody. Well, guess what? It wasn't that good of a movie fucking year. The great thing, the the incredible thing is, the thing that just drives me fucking insane about this movie and the other movies that they did because they made numerous movie movies but we'll get into that later but so the filmmakers in order to keep their film fresh they would base the scripts large portions of the script not on the movies but on the trailers for the movies okay so when they made this film Juno hadn't come out they just thought it would be a big film and wrote the Juno character based solely on like a three-minute fucking preview. Yeah. And that drives me insane. So I would like to read this review. I was going to save it for the end, but I'm going to read it now. Nathan Rabin is a great fucking critic and also an author. He used to write for the Onion AV Club, and now he has his own website, and, and he's, he's really amazing. 
So he wrote a review for this film, Disaster Movie, and I love it very much. So this is his review, and I quote, Spoof movies, as practiced by the cultural blight that is Seltzer Friedberg, that's the two people who made this movie, um, aren't just troubling from an aesthetic viewpoint. They're horrifying from a moral standpoint as well. The parody of the Zucker Brothers and Mel Brooks is defined by love, knowledge, and appreciation. The Zucker Brothers and Mel Brooks love, know, and appreciate the source material they're spoofing enough to get all the details perfect. The yes. comedy of Seltzer Friedberg, in sharp contrast, is defined by contempt. Contempt for the attention span, intelligence, maturity, and frame of reference for the audience, and an even more raging contempt for the source material they're spoofing. Friedberg and Seltzer aren't writers, they're comic terrorists. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love this so much. They're comic terrorists who cavalierly destroy what others create for their own ugly self-interest. Their success is entirely dependent on making comedy a dumber, crasser, less dignified place. End of quote. <laughs> and I agree with that. There's and there's this was parody. this was who again? Their mom? Uh, <laughs> no, this is just a random film critic from the Onion AV Club, and I think he nailed it because this is the thing. There's parody where you take something and then add something to it, and then there's just stealing shit. And there's a thin line there. And I feel that what these guys are doing is that, like they made a movie called The Starving Games, and so they're ripping off The Hunger Games. We're, we're gonna rip off The Hunger Games. Hey, you can't do that. That's illegal. And then they just hide behind fair use laws. And like, this is a spoof, haha. -ha. Okay, now let's make our movie featuring all these characters that we can make do whatever we want. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's not even that, it's not even funny. It's just sad. It made me sad. It hurt to watch. I don't, I hate this film. And here's my biggest fear. He was, here's my biggest fear. These guys, uh, uh, Friedberg and, and Seltzer, who yeah. wrote and directed this film, they have five other movies on the list. Yeah. Think about that. These guys made six of the movies on the IMDb Bottom 100, and my biggest fear was we'd have to watch more than one. Oh. And I was just good. like, I was just like, for the love of God, maybe we just have to watch disaster movies. So that's one positive. We only had to watch disaster movies. But my fear was we would have to watch all of them. I don't think I would have been able to get through the summer if we had to watch more than one movie from these guys. Yeah. That would have broken me. So, Bunny, how much, did, what did you love about this film? 
What did I love about this? Man, it just like felt so wrong to me. It, it, like, like, really, you're parrying Juno? You're making a super bad reference? How? You know, like, how did Ike? How did actor comedian Ike Baron Holtz go from? How did how did actor and comedian Ike Bear Barnholtz go from disaster movie to being in Suicide Squad? Not the Suicide Squad, the first one. He yeah. was the he was he was the like Arkham guard that the Joker like made part of his crew. Yeah. And it's like really you hired this guy who was twelve characters in disaster movie. What the fuck is wrong with you? How do you go from this film to Suicide Squad? It makes no sense to me. But yeah. fucking, I can think of one. I can think of one positive about this movie, uh, and I'm really proud of this. Uh, it killed Kim Kardashian's acting career. Thank That's a God. Because this was her first movie, and I'm pretty sure her last movie. So it. I literally now wait here. I literally had to look up on IMDb to find out if that was Kim Kardashian or somebody mocking Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because this, this movie was made in 2007 and released in 2008. So it was before Kim Kardashian became the Kim Kardashian. For all I know, she was only known as the sex tape chick in this movie. Yeah. You know? I, I, I just don't think that, like, movies like Juno or Superbad or No Country for Old Men are, like, rife for parody to begin yeah. with. And, yeah. like, second, it wasn't even parody. It would just be <laughs> like, oh, look, they, they're dressed up like super bad. They're, oh, there's McLovin. Oh, this is the scene where they're stealing the alcohol. Yeah. You know, That's like, not parody. Like, you're just, it's kind of almost sort of cute. But... That was it. Like, just people from other movies would just walk on. Uh, I'm just gonna say one thing. You guys took this way too serious. Way, 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 way too serious. Lighten the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm gonna walk away. I'm not gonna say <laughs> any of the things that just popped into my head. What? I said, I'm not going to say any of the things that just popped into my head. Okay. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to move on. Okay, so here's a little background, okay? So there were these two guys, Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. They were film students at UCLA. They met and hit it off and decided to work together. They met while both taking a class about the films of Martin Scorsese. 
So one thing that we can say about the team of Friedberg and Seltzer, they're obviously horrible fucking students who didn't pay attention to the Scorsese class. <laughs> For fuck's sake. So they teamed up. Friedberg and Seltzer and decided to write scripts together. They sold about 40 scripts and only one came to fruition and it was a Jean-Claude Van Damme film that I don't think anyone remembers, Maximum Risk. Came out in 1996. Um, their first early success was they were hired to make an educational video called Bad Golf Made Easier with Leslie Nielsen. Apparently, okay. apparently Leslie Nielsen was getting was really hot from the Naked Gun movies and decided to uh, create a tongue-in-cheek educational golf video. Well, and they he, hired he 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 decided to dwarf some direct-to-home merchandise. Yes, yeah. To cash he in on it, basically. Huh? Yeah, so he dwarfed it. He dwarfed it. It's like uh, it's like uh, Mike, Mike, uh, uh, Michael Bolton's softball made easier. Yeah, or, or that Victor back. Borgia thing. Yes. Man. Fucking, I loved his thing where he was reading. I loved Victor Borgia's routine where he's reading a letter and he's pronouncing all the, the punctuation. I fucking love that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing a Leslie Nielsen direct-to-home video little thing, and they meet Leslie Nielsen's son, and Leslie Nielsen's son is like, oh, gee, you guys are in the movie business? Well, that's neato nifty. What are you guys working on? And Friedberg and Seltzer said, well, here's something you'll like. We came up with a spy spoof script. Do you want to read it? You bet. So he reads the script. He likes it. He passes it to Leslie Nielsen, and that was the movie Spy Hard. Okay. It's a po it's a spy parody from 1996, starring Leslie Nielsen as a James Bond type, and the movie is dumb and it's pretty shitty, but the opening credits are the best opening credits in the history. Of opening credits. Really? Okay. It's the only good part. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's a spy parody. So when the credits come up, you gotta have the trippy uh, shadows of people and guns slowly floating past the screen while your James Bond type theme music plays. Yeah. And they got Weird Al Yankovic to do it. And nice. it's so good to see Weird Al Yankovic, who appears, singing the theme to Spy Hard. And it's a great scene in a horrible fucking movie. But really? I really do suggest that if you haven't seen the movie Spy Hard, uh, go on YouTube and search Spy Hard opening credits. They're fucking wonderful. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic does, does a James Bond theme. It's fucking wonderful. So that was their first big hit. After that, Friedberg and Seltzer sold a Liberace script that didn't get made, but it did introduce them to a producer 
who sold a script of theirs to Dimension Pictures. The script was a horror spoof that was titled Scream If You Know What I Did Last Halloween. And this script was purchased by the... Yes, because uh, the Wayans Brothers uh, bought the script from Dimension, rewrote it, and turned it into Scary Movie. Yeah. So, uh, I wouldn't say Friedberg and Seltzer wrote Scary Movie. Friedberg and Seltzer were the original writers of Scary Movie, and then it was rewritten by the Wayans Brothers and their team. A total of, like, six people ended up attaching their names to the script of Scary Movie, but they were the first name. Anywho... Scary Movie was a hit, and now suddenly there's buzz around Friedberg and Seltzer. So what do they do? They do the most Hollywood thing imaginable. More of the same! So they released, in order, Date Movie in 2006. A romantic comedy parody with that was primarily a romantic comedy film with some pop culture elements in the film at the end of the movie. It ends with the couple has gotten together and they're in love and they decide to go on a vacation to Skull Island where Carmen Electra gets eaten by King Kong. What? You got Carmen Electra? How did you do that? Carmen Electra never appears in anything unless there's a paycheck in cocaine. So, uh, fun fact, Date Movie is currently number 28 on the IMDb Bottom 100. So they followed up Date Movie the next year, because they're really cranking these out, they followed it up with Epic Movie, uh, which is less one specific parody and more of an annoying, hyperactive, badly written parody of every movie that was popular at the time. That one was number thirteen is number 13 on the IMDb bottom 100. And then the next year, in 2008, they overextended themselves, and this is what (coughs) killed their career. They decided in 2008 to release (coughs) two parody movies in the same freaking year. Why would you do this? You're not Marvel. Yeah. So in... So in the beginning of 2008, Meet the Spartans came out, which used a singular parody of 300 to spoof a bunch of other movies. Meet the Spartans is currently number 25 on the IMDb bottom 100. In fact, the team of Friedberg and Seltzer have a total of six movies on the IMDb bottom 100, including this week's movie released the same year as Meet the Spartans. So so way to oversaturate the market, guys. And, And this fourth movie of theirs. Disaster movie is currently the number one worst film on IMDb's bottom 100. And Bunny, here's the million dollar question. Is this the worst? I still gotta give it to Swept Away. I fucking hated that movie. I would give Disaster Movie the worst, but like maybe Swept Away would be number two or number three on the list. Like it's really fucking bad. Yeah. It's not, not just bad, but it's offensively bad. <clears throat> but this would be right up there. Sort yeah. Of, got the hub around. Yeah. 
So Friedberg and Seltzer made six brainless, uh, shitty movie parodies between 2006 and 2013, not including the scary movies, which I guess they did have a hand in creating, but I wouldn't call that, that their film. Um, fun fact, no, Friedberg like and Seltzer keep... Yeah. Yeah. I like the first one. I didn't like the second one as much, and I never saw any of the other ones. But well, I the second one that... is kind of the Legend of Hell House, and I, so I kind of like that. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, fun fact about Friedberg and Seltzer: their last parody movie was in 2013, but they keep threatening to make more. Yeah. They 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 announced that they were going to be working on a. Taken parody called Where the Bleep is My Kid and then they announced that that they were also working on a Star Wars parody called you know just like Shriek if you scream if you know what I did last Halloween the Star Wars movie was going to be called like The Force Awakened the Last Jedi who went solo with in a rogue way I don't remember. I didn't write it down, but it sounded shitty. Thankfully, I don't think any of those movies are going to be made, but they're still they're still making movies. They're just not making the annoying ass movie parodies that they used to make, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> the, the here's the sad part about all of these horrible fucking parody movies. Most of them did good at the box office. Yeah. Epic movie cost $20 million to make and made $86 million, which is why they keep cranking out this shit. The only good thing about this movie is that, number one, it bombed. That's, it, so this sort of uh, spelt the, the end for the parody movies. And also, let's not forget, this movie killed Kim Kardashian's acting career. So thank fucking God. <laughs> It just upsets me that people still keep going to the well of Ed Wood and Plan 9 from Outer Space when there are so many movies here on the IMDb Bottom 100 that are so much worse than what everyone calls the worst movie of all time. Yes. That deeply upsets me that people still go to Plan 9 from Outer Space as their go-to for worst movie of all time. It's like, did you even see the Cylons? <laughs> the, the Cyclones, whatever they were fucking called? Yeah. It's like, wow, somebody didn't see Slenderman the movie? So, I wouldn't call Friedberg and Seltzer the worst director of all time, but I would say the worst filmmaking duo. Yeah. Of all time. I hate this movie. I, oh my goodness! You made fun of Dr. Phil? No one's ever done that before! Exactly. <clears throat> or like, or like, okay, there's Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay. I, you know, like, like there's nothing, I, I don't find anything funny about that. 
I feel like this entire movie is not like Batman comes out and does something funny. It's just Batman comes out. Yeah. Well, I don't think... I, I think large portions of this film isn't parody. It's just... You're just taking a lot of these characters and just putting them in the movie and you're not parodying them. No. This movie upsets me. This whole summer has upset me and I'm just... I'm really happy that this is the end. This is the end. We made it. We survived. We went where others do not dare... We risk life and limb for our listeners and our audience and our sanity and our integrity and our credit score. But we made it. We made it, motherfucker. We are through the crucible. This has been a very difficult summer. And now we're done. And so this is what we're doing. We're done with the summer. So, we're, so, do you think you'll miss it, Bunny? The summer of bottoming that we did? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm, so. I'm hoping over time my mind will erase any memory of this period of my life. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah, this will all just be a, a, a hazy shade of winter. So, okay, so we're done with the summer. and then... I am hoping in a month, if you say... Hey, you remember the summer of bottoming? I'll be like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. So, we're done with our summer. It sucked. So, we're going to be off next week. There won't be a show next week. But then after that, we're coming back. And I just want to... I don't know what we're going to be doing, but we're just going to... Uh, Bunny will be taking over the podcast soon with his films, which is always fun in uh, end of September and throughout October to just be led somewhere by Bunny. And so really excited to have Bunny take over. But in the space between now and Bunny taking over, I just want to watch some things that are fun. So the next episode, which will be in two weeks, will be... Uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. It's just fun. And it's good. And it's not Slenderman. And it's not Friedberg and Seltzer. And it it's not Yui Bull. Yes. So, yeah. And then I don't know what we'll do after that. Maybe I'll put a bunch of movies in a poll and have people vote on it. I don't know. But... Uh, hopefully just some positive vibes, man. This has been difficult. This has been a difficult summer. Yes, it has. But I'm happy that we are leaving it. Wow, the edibles have kicked in. What's this? Yeah, good. The edibles right now are clashing with all of the smoke that Natasha blew in my face and just creating a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feeling. Nice. This. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So we're off next week, but the week after that, we'll be doing the Suicide Squad, and also we'll be talking about violent cops. I might have a 
a play for us to do. Okay. Seems like we haven't done that in a while. Uh, so I might be sending you a script. But I'm really excited about the next episode of the podcast. But now that I'm looking back at this week, oh, man, the highs and the lows. Judith Love Cohen, Jack Black, the Delta variant, Juno, uh, the Night House, starring Rebecca Hall, which I, I cannot recommend more than I already have. I got to say... I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. I think this has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I, I, I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to, you know, you're the person who makes that distinction, not me. I didn't want to step on your toes, but yes. I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else here in this house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you do schwaffles. And you cheese people. And you donuts. And you donuts. There you go. Cut and print. That's a wrap. Cut and print. <laughs>